The Joe Rogan Experience. Train by day, Joe Rogan Podcast by night, all day. Hello, everybody. That's my new voice. Hello, hello. Lewis is here from Unbox Therapy, sweating all our beautiful new equipment that doesn't work, <laughs> especially our new fucking super awesome HD setup. We were supposed to be live in HD by now, but someone fucked us. They they sold us this fucking Sony HD box that's supposed to work great with Ustream. Doesn't fucking doesn't work happen. at all with Ustream. Not only does it not work with Ustream, it's never been proven to work with Ustream. Ustream's never got one from them to test it. Lies and propaganda. At least, at least it's pretty looking, though. Yeah, it's it sexy. looks dope as fuck. So we'll probably wind up going with a TriCaster because this fucking sack of shit isn't working correctly. <laughs> and we're watching. Um, look, we we talked about zero before the the podcast started. That has anything to do with tech. Everything was about sexual allegations, sexual assault allegations, <laughs> whether or not someone should be rioting, whether or not these fucking idiots that are closing down the one hundred and one freeway in L.A. to protest something that happened in another state. Crazy times. Yeah, well, what is that about? All these crazy white... It's all white people that are protesting. Like, in, do, have you seen New York City? In New York City as well? Oh, yeah. They, they won't show it on the news because it's like... Everyone's like, it's all white people. It's all these, like... Wow. Emo wh- white people, social justice warriors yeah. demanding justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's rampant. Everybody's, everybody's trying to latch on you know, to express <clears throat> themselves through this high-profile situation. Well, I think that there's no doubt there can be no doubt that there's a, a real issue with police brutality. There can be no doubt. There's many instances, and this is not the best one. You know, right. Jamie was talking about it before the podcast that the 12-year-old boy who was shot in Cleveland with mm-hmm. a fake gun, a toy gun, like seconds after the cops arrived, yeah. that is way scarier to me. Mm-hmm. That kid that was shot in a Walmart who had a toy gun, that is way scarier to me. You know, they're not even asking questions, talking, trying to find out what's going on. They're just shooting. Yeah, it's fu- it's a funny thing about like which news stories prevail yeah. and become the the mainstream ones. They need to be this this sort of perfect and appealing package mm-hmm. that people want to share and talk about, and sort of that drives conversation. The, the really like obviously terrible ones that nobody has. You know, the, like it's hard to have an opinion about that other than that's terrible. Yeah. When when it comes to like a kid being shot with a toy gun, yeah. Versus the other the other uh, situation in uh, Michael Brown, yeah, the Michael yeah. Brown situation where, f- for some reason, there appear you know there there's there's these defined sides on that mm-hmm. on that thing. There's very little gray area for discussion. It's like pick your team. We were talking about this before the show, but I was watching on Twitter a white rapper and uh, a black guy arguing. And the black guy was on the side of the cop that shot the kid. The, and, you know, wasn't an asshole, wasn't a Republican. He was saying, look, the reality is this guy had robbed a store just before then, had been involved in a, a bunch of criminal type behaviors. And there's witnesses saying that he charged the cop. Like, you don't know what happened. Right. And the the white rapper was arguing with him and he was saying, you are blind to the facts in your desire to be down. Mm-hmm. And, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? Which had to hurt the white rapper. Right. When a black eye accuses you of fucking posing. 
But there's, I mean, the, <laughs> that's but that's what's happening in the street right now, isn't yes. it? I mean, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. It's that it's uh it's appealing for people to to latch on to a cause in order to help try to identify themselves. Yeah. You know, to get something out of it, to get some that's kind of very good way of defining it. Yeah, to get some kind of. Uh, I don't know, like they, like this this kind of a win can be a success for them that they can express themselves through uh, these kinds of issues. But obviously, it's not about a, it's not just about a cop shooting a guy, right? Right. It's like in this particular case, it, it appears to me that it's part of a much bigger issue, and specifically that area, uh, and 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 probably the way of life there. Like, is it really? You need to be a certain kind of person to just jump on a riot train, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. oh, wicked, perfect. I'm, uh, let's burn down more shit, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, sometimes it'll be, it, it's not necessarily just race. Sometimes it'll be a certain set of circumstances, like a sports team loses and people go crazy and start smashing cars and whatever, and it it somehow attracts other people to that to that uh, agenda. I remember uh, in Toronto during, I think it was the G20 summit. When it was like the first time ever people had like smashed wind. I was living downtown at the time and I had, uh, I had my, uh, <clears throat> first kid, Will, and he was little. And I remember sitting at home inside and, and knowing that people were out there smashing windows going like, how in the God's name are these people justifying it? How, mm-hmm. how did they believe for a moment that smashing a Starbucks is what's going to change anything? Yeah. I mean, it's such a weird way to try and get what you want. Is it, is it any, it's not even a, pol- I don't know. It seems to me like the equivalent of kicking and screaming as an adult. Oh, it's it's even worse. It's so idiotic. There was a, a Twitter post today that I read where this guy was standing in front of a BMW dealership in Oakland, California, which, by the way, is nowhere fucking near Ferguson. <laughs> and the windows were smashed. Right. And it said, fuck corporations. Right. Fuck yeah. corporations. Let me tell you something, you dumb cunt. <laughs> You wrote that on a phone that was made by a fucking you corporation, go. you piece of shit. There you go. You fucking dunce. And you broadcast a damn picture via another corporation yeah. that allowed you to even have the voice to reach the people that you ended up reaching with it. What has BMW done besides make awesome cars? <laughs> what have they done that's so terrible besides making fantastically engineered automobiles that you couldn't possibly come up with yourself? Yeah, I don't, I don't know specifically... But I think it is very strange that people pick and choose which corporations are there for them and which ones are against them. Because ultimately, this entire economic ecosystem is what allows everyone to survive and yeah. what, what allows anyone to have any kind of well-being. It's not perfect. Everybody knows that. But when you burn down the McDonald's in your neighborhood, you're taking away jobs from the people that actually need them. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. or the Walmart or whatever, whatever it was, that the destruction that's happening over there. It's like by, by force, you want to throw a tantrum, but at the same time, the consequence is bigger than you personally. It's, uh, there are, I'm sure, plenty of upstanding citizens who just wanted to go back to work. And this corporation that you're angry with is is actually uh, something that people rely on. Yeah, and uh, in the case of this BMW dealership, I mean, you're talking about such an unrelated 
institution. Yes. So unrelated. Yes. Starbucks, there's people that were guarding Starbucks and mm. people were freaking out. Mm-hmm. Fuck Starbucks. You know, what about the people? What about the people? People pay for that stuff. You know, the Starbucks is a franchise. Yes. Like someone owns it. They had to earn money, save it, get a bank loan, go out of the way, hire employees. Put together a business model. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. This childlike view of the world. Mm-hmm. And this is not exonerating police. This is not, And I feel for the police because I think their job is almost impossible. Mm-hmm. To be a cop in a crime-ridden area is almost impossible. There's almost nothing you can do to stem the tide. Unless you could go back in time and somehow or another... Not even the parents of the children who grew up to be criminals, but the parents of the parents of the children that grew up to be criminals, and somehow reach them, mm-hmm. somehow educate them or provide them with some sort of counseling or some some factor that's going to change the way they view the world right. and view community and view each other, and give them opportunity, give them some sort of a way to not be involved in a life of crime, not be involved in these horrible, cyclical, repeating relationships that seem to occur in these terrible areas. Right. I mean, there's so many factors. Yeah, and and in many cases, the areas themselves reinforce the behavior uh, through various means. Like, I I used to watch The First 48. Have you ever seen that show? Yeah. And... You get to see how, like, immediately after a crime takes place, what the cops are working with, uh, as far as the uh, the evidence, but also uh, the witnesses, and trying to get anybody to say anything about what happened. But at like a super core fundamental level, if you don't want to tell the police that you know who killed somebody, is that really any different than participating, like, than being a part of it? Uh, it it's so weird to me that that's considered to be an acceptable thing amongst that community Mm. right you're the no snitching thing the no snitching thing yeah it's like hmm that to me just sounds like you're afraid yeah that to me just sounds like the actual uh power within that group doesn't lie within uh the police or authority or whoever but it lies somewhere else but you're somehow justifying it to yourself by saying oh i really am participating because i chose not to snitch well if you live in that community though and you did snitch the consequences would be dire i mean it's not something that's like an easy thing to stand up for if you're living in a crime-ridden community sure and but you then, snitch but then you also shouldn't expect anything to change boy it's it's weird to put the onus on the, the 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 people that are poor and that are living in these areas. I see what you're saying. It, I don't. I mean, I, it's not it's not completely that way. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there are things that could could happen surrounding that world that could help it out. But ultimately, to get yourself up out of there, it has doesn't it have to be? I mean, who can really walk into that community who's not a part of it and change and change something? Right. It's not like it's not like you're wanted there. You know, it's not right. like when uh, the police go in there, they're treated in, in a certain way because maybe the life they lead is so different than that of the individuals in that in that lifestyle themselves, you know? Well, also that us versus them mentality gets cemented. Right. It gets cemented in, in terms of sports teams. So right. imagine how crazy it gets when you're dealing with crime-ridden neighborhoods <clears throat> and police. Mm. It's so hard to break free of. Yeah. I worked as a security guard for a very short period of time when I was a kid. Mm. 
And um, it was at a place called Great Woods. Uh, it's like a concert place in Massachusetts. And one of the things that I remember really clearly is realizing that we had all developed this us versus them mentality. Mm -hmm. There was these crazy drunk concert goers who would cause trouble and do all kinds of crazy shit. And then there was us. And we had developed this very clear us versus them mentality that I, I saw people, I saw people act on this against people that weren't a problem mm -hmm. you know and i remember watching it you know kind of stepped back from it but a part of it as well because i'm wearing a security outfit mm -hmm. i'm going okay we're doing like cop shit this is like what <laughs> cops do yeah and then i was thinking like man i wonder if that's just like what happens mm. and you know that stanford study that they did where mm. they took uh they 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 did like a prison study where they put people in jail and they made one group become security guards oh, and wow. one group become prisoners. I believe it was Stanford. Wasn't it Stanford? Yeah, I think that sounds right. <clears throat> um, but they, they had to call it off. Like sh they had to cut it short because the people that were the guards had been so shitty to mm -hmm. the fucking people that were the prisoners. They right. were like, well, this is like inherent human behavior mm -hmm. or something like that. It's right. almost like there's a... A pattern that people slide into that unless they're really consciously aware of not doing it. Yeah, the Stanford prison experiment. Wow. Yeah, and it was uh, really eye-opening to a lot of people. That Yeah, is, power is a, a very corrupting thing, right? Especially that kind of ultimate power, like yeah. someone's in jail yeah. or you have a gun yeah. and you can shoot them and you're allowed to. Yeah, it's uh, it's a, it's an unfortunate thing that that's the only way to govern ourselves. Mm -hmm. That we that we're forced to to do so at the end of a gun. Like yeah, right. You you hope that 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 doesn't have have to ha have to happen frequently, but ultimately, that's part of what's holding this whole damn thing together. You yeah. know, I, I drive down the highway to get here, and it's like Jesus. Everybody is in in their lane. All of these different mechanisms at play to keep order to keep things happening in a smooth sort of way and yeah there's crazy shit going on elsewhere but we've also done one hell of a job of having the vast majority of people comply yes based on the system yeah you that's know? something that people overlook when they yeah. think about chaos in modern society like god is so safe and organized <laughs> yes in comparison to yes. the number of people you're yes. dealing with i was in mexico city recently <clears throat> right for the ufc yeah first time yeah wow and Mexico City is, first of all, everybody thinks like, oh my God, you're going to get kidnapped. Oh my God, you're going to get shot. <laughs> first of all, they are the nicest people. Mexicans in Mexico City are so friendly. They're so nice. But their version of order and our version of order mm. are very different. <laughs> you know what? Stoplights optional. Yeah. Gridlock. Yeah. You know how we have gridlock? Occasionally yeah. someone fucks up and they get stuck in an intersection when the light changes mm. and everybody beeps at them. Right. In Mexico, there is only gridlock. <laughs> like, there's no getting out of it. The lights change and right. it's just bumper to bumper in both directions. And I saw people that were trying to merge mm. and they would just pull in. They would just pull in front of everybody. And you're talking about six, seven lanes, and these people would just pull into the lane. And and people would just sort of stop, and some people wouldn't stop, mm -hmm. and then they'd have to pull forward. And right. it was fucking craziness. Right. And I'm laughing. I'm talking to the guy that was driving, and I was like, is this normal? <laughs> and he's like, uh, it's not no, this way in America. I'm like, no. <laughs> no, in America, when it's a red light, people yeah, actually stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing how well trained we actually are. Yeah, I, I mean, a light comes up and everyone complies. The odd—it's a—it's a very minor outlier that actually disobeys that, even though it's a fairly simple thing. And most of the time, no one's probably going to die. 
Yeah. But we, it's just, it seems like when you're relatively well taken care of, it's so much easier to just fucking comply. Yes. When you, when everything's okay, when your yeah. belly is full yes. and you know, your children are safe. The minute yeah. that you take away the necessities, all it's like, yeah, let's go. There's a thin veneer yes. of civilization. Oh, <laughs> it is, and you get like these crazy people, like zombie apocalypse type people. Like it's all gonna crumble. Yeah. But truthfully speaking, how much would it take? You know, I mean, it's not like you need a complete collapse of the infrastructure to get people panicking. I remember that big blackout on the East Coast uh, a few years back, where it knocked gas stations out, it knocked most people's houses out. And, you know, people were running their air conditioners too much. And th the panic was real. Mm -hmm. there, people were like, people had to talk to each other one-to-one uh, -one and be like, you know, which, piece, which pizza place still has food? Right. You know, which ovens are running off propane? Mm -hmm. Like, it was dipping quick. Well, and that was like a week. My friend uh, Tommy was in uh, Connecticut when that big snowstorm hit. Mm. And he was telling me how they had to drive hours just to use a cell phone. Right, you had to drive like two hours to find a cell phone service. Crazy, you had to find food. Like it, we went, he, he was saying that we went to, he, you know, he and his girl had went to Dunkin' Donuts for food. And there was a giant line outside of Dunkin' Donuts because it was the only place that had anything exactly. to put in your body. Exactly, any calories. That's what happened. That's exactly what happened in my area when it originally happened. Is essentially you had like one pizza place feeding the entire community <laughs> until the, until they ran out, and it, but it really exposes. The fact that we have such, this kind of gets into the world of technology, but like basic skills, like sort of just being a human skills, survival skills, weak. Yeah. In general. In general. Oh, across society, if we were forced to rely on our own means to deal with like ABC, mm -hmm. Jesus, take, take away the cell phone on its own. I mean, I'm, I'm, uh, we were talking about doing a video like 24 hours without technology. Like maybe we'll get a map and we'll have a set of challenges. Like try not to use your phone. But uh, having, being, th you know, thinking about that as I was on my way out, there, I mean, I'm on Google Maps. I'm analyzing traffic. I'm rerouting based on accidents, right? <laughs> it's like, take that away. And how much more ineffective am I at participating in all of that? Yeah, I have a friend who doesn't use the navigation systems. He still uses maps. And wow. I looked in his car and I go, where's your navigation system? And he, and he, he goes, and he rolls out the old paper map. <laughs> well, he's an author too. I mean, he's a, mm. he's a wealthy guy. Right. And he goes, I just don't, I don't want to deal with it. I go, you want to deal with what? Things that are awesome? <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you, you, you don't want to be a part of the new information that's coming your way that tells you how to be more convenient? Yeah. Uh, more, tells, more efficient. Yeah. yeah. It's like, you can get around this accident. Don't you want to know it's there? Mm hmm like why would you so what do you think that's about wanting to be like living in the fucking past it's mm. like longing for nostalgia mm -hmm. like you know he wants to fucking follow smoke signals to find the village <laughs> I, I, I don't understand it it's, it's just, funny that anybody who's nostalgic like that or avoiding change they only want to go back so far right you know, they don't <laughs> they don't want <laughs> exactly. they, they don't want to go uh, <clears throat> caveman style it's like it's just it, it, everyone picks a point in their life even now i have friends who have picked that point, like, they're done. This is as far as they're going with technology. And, like, <laughs> you, you know, you're showing them a, a smartwatch or whatever it might be. And it's, uh, or even, even not that. Like, it could be a piece of software or social media. Like, they're on Team Facebook, but Twitter's too much or something. <laughs> it, it's funny how at some point people flip the switch and they're like, this is as far as I'm going with this damn thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's that weird thing that people do. Uh, you know, you have kids, and I have kids, and I've talked to many people. Man, I wouldn't want to bring kids up today in this world. I'm like, what are you talking about? People <laughs> brought up kids when they were woolly mammoths, <laughs> when they're fucking saber toothed tigers. Yeah, and- when like one one in a hundred <clears throat> infants survive. Yeah, like what are you talking about? This yeah. is like the best time to have yeah. a kid ever. You know, they have amazing doctors. Yeah, you you really have very little to worry about, and the kid has so many advantages themselves from a learning perspective. Mm-hmm. Like I am amazed, I have a five and a three-year-old, at how, you know, the unfiltered, maybe unfiltered is a bad word because I don't want them going everywhere that they want to go online, maybe right, right yet, but the idea that they're in control of the information that they participate in, it's like a huge deal to me. Yeah. That they're not just flipping on the TV and sitting through whatever is programmed for them. Yeah. Instead, they have the freedom to select whatever it is that's interesting to them. And I know that in my life, when I started to really identify the things that I liked, was when I really started to progress in what I was capable of, personally. Yes. Like, that's the essence of education, at least the best kind. When you have a, a, a basic kind of draw to a particular topic, and then you get there, yeah. and then you retain it, that's, <laughs> I mean, that's really the whole package. And uh, I don't know, you know if we talked about education the last time I was on here, but I mean, I remember growing up and not giving a shit about a particular topic, and then all of a sudden when the internet was amazing, I find myself hours deep into a particular article, or I'm on Wikipedia, it's like, what am I doing? Right. What am I doing? The old me would have thought that I was an idiot, you know, that I, <laughs> like, dude, get out and do something cool. Why are you, but it's amazing how the context shifts the entire conversation. When you're doing it for yourself, when you're driving your own car, ship, whatever, all of a sudden things become enticing and interesting that when there was like a dictator pointing down saying this is the curriculum, it just wasn't the same way. It's also the enthusiasm of whoever is telling you about the subject, too. Right. <clears throat> you know, there's some people that can talk to you about, like, I, Neil deGrasse Tyson is my favorite example mm. because he's so passionate mm. about space and about astrophysics. And when he's talking about these things, mm. it becomes fascinating. Yes. Whereas you can watch a lecture that's given by someone who just has no interest in the subject mm. or, <clears throat> excuse me no interest in teaching the subject they're just they're just relaying information they're just getting through it and they think that all they have to do is plow through it without any charisma without any that's what i was gonna i was gonna use the exact same word is i think charisma is not something that's abundant amongst people it's a very special thing that some have some don't and it's like it's not a prerequisite for becoming a teacher it's not like wait Let's evaluate their charisma. Right. No, it's 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 a, a an institutional kind of approach to how do you pump out, you know, how do you factory farm teachers, right? Right. right. And and so it's unfortunately not a very difficult thing. Well, I don't, I don't want to go that far. I mean, it, it does take work to become a teacher, but it's not like it's not like you're you're pre qualifying them to be entertaining or right. to do a good job of of the things that lock a person's eyeballs onto you. And so there's, there's the ratio of teachers that are charismatic versus ones that ended up there is I don't know that you're ever going to be able to fix that. No, I don't know. I don't know if you are either. It's like trying to find charismatic people to explain any subject to you. Yeah. Charismatic people that, you know, are managers of an office. Charismatic yeah. people that, you know, talk to you at a hospital about what happened to your kid. You know, I mean, it's just like it, 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 charisma or I don't even know if that's the word, but... 
genuine enthusiasm passion. for a subject. Passion is so contagious. Mm -hmm. When something happens in the world uh, and you, 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 can, you can have two options. One is just the facts laid out to you in a very bland, monotone way. And the other one is someone who's extremely passionate yeah. about the subject, who talks about it with like, great emotion and, 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 and understands the significance of the information and how you're going to react to it, mm -hmm. has this understanding of the interpersonal reaction mm -hmm. or relationship. That's so huge to, to taking in the information, to absorbing it. And I, th I think that the enemy of that is the idea of curriculum. The idea that there is a, a, a very direct and concrete way of learning something. Like you have this list of things. By the end of this course, this person's going to know this and that and that, and they're going to be tested on it. If I was a, uh, a teacher or a charismatic person or whatever, it's like I don't. I don't want to just be your puppet, your robot up there following the set of guidelines that you set forth. They have very little freedom in what they can bring into that conversation against what's been approved by whatever body is responsible for producing that that information. And, you know, and oftentimes it's like the same guy who's standing up there is the guy who's, who's selling you the textbook. And there's like this weird, this weird kind of thing baked into it where it's not where it's about. Do, it's like the path of least resistance. It's about not ruffling any feathers. It's about just getting from A to B to C without really having a strong point of view. But isn't it also about like you have to have the basic building blocks? Yes. And then from there, you have to or you should find something you're truly interested in and then pick a career. But at what point? At what point <clears throat> do you think that an individual has the basic building blocks? Right. What, yeah. Where does it happen? Because... In my opinion, it happens far too late. I don't think we're encouraged at a young age to really hyper-focus on the things that are interesting to us. Yeah, I think you got a good point there because I think that kids that do find something that they really enjoy early, they have an, an awesome head start in like like they have hope as to like what they would like to do. Yes. You know what I mean? Like right. if you talk to someone who is really involved in pick a field, computer programming, they want to be a game developer. Mm -hmm. And they're 14 years old and they already started coding and they're doing something like, well, this kid is on a path. Whereas, you know, some people are 20 and they're ne'er-do-wells and they're just fucking laying around eating chips and yeah. they're trying to find their path. Yeah. I, mean, I just got to find something I'm really interested in. Meanwhile, his 14-year-old brother is reading coding magazines mm -hmm. and already like, re you know, re reading about John Carmack and how yeah. he started off id software. And, you know, he's like, he's on a path, mm -hmm. you know, and getting on a path can give you so much energy and momentum and it makes it so exciting. And, and the argument would be that, would be that, well, maybe that's not really where their head was going to be at. Maybe you closed some door and yeah, that's, that's like the fear. Right. That's what the, that's what like parents are thinking and the kids themselves that they need to have this vast array of subject matter that they're proficient in because God forbid they end up wanting to do something they're not prepared for. But that's like that's like a weird way of looking at it. In my opinion, I think some people I think everybody at some point in their lives has a particular skill that's worth exploring. But oftentimes it doesn't fit into the window of of what would be acceptable at that time. Right. And also your parents sometimes discourage you from that. Mm -hmm. If it seems like it's a tricky subject or mm -hmm. it's difficult to succeed in it, like my parents were not into me being a comedian at all. Right. You know, when I told my mom I was going to be a comedian, she was like, you're not even funny. And I was like, <laughs> oh, shit. My own mom. <laughs> fucking brutal. You want to know something, though? Think about the alternative 
of your mom saying, oh, perfect, you're the funniest guy I've <laughs> ever heard. Like, I know guys like that, too, where their moms are their biggest fans, and it hasn't done very very much yeah, for them. That's a good point. Like, sometimes it's better if they present you with a challenge. Like, I'll show you. I'll show you, lady. You know, like, you, if you get too much encouragement or a distorted version of your actual skill set, mm. that can be bad, too. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, <clears throat> something's going on in my throat, man. Can we make some tea? Do we have tea, tea yep. back there? Yep. I'm uh, fighting off something. But not like a cold. There's something in my throat. Like, I feel physically good, but I'm going <clears throat> a lot. And I know that shit is annoying as fuck to you folks out there. Another thing we were uh, reading before we got going is that dude from CBC that was facing sexual assault charges. How do you say his name? John, John Gomeshi. Gomeshi. That is a weird subject and a hard subject for me. I have three daughters. And when I read about dudes beating up women... And especially um, this guy who's like this really left-wing, progressive, yeah. sweet-voiced guy who would do interviews and talk to people like this. Pretty much. The idea that that guy was beating women up and, you know, and doing it under the guise. I mean, who the fuck knows what the reality is, but the allegations are that he was doing it under the guise of um, fantasy yeah. or sexual fun i mean what would you call it bondage SM. Yeah, yeah that's what it is and it's funny because i remember when that craziness was going on when 50 shades of gray came out it's like <laughs> everybody on the subway train had a copy yeah so, I, mean, I didn't obviously i didn't but it blew up and i remember thinking like this is the first time that bondage snm has really permeated pop culture like in a big way and the movie's coming out soon too and i know that he went so far as to reference 50 shades of gray in his argument meaning that in some way he felt that that enabled him uh some leeway yeah right it's that's 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 that was a really weird thing to me is like the accept the acceptability of that way of doing things like between what somebody wants to do and doesn't want to do i mean when you're engaging with somebody sexually how do you if all of a sudden, culturally, you have this huge book that X number of women reads, or read, sorry, how much more likely are they to put up with that, even if it's not, you know what I'm, right. you know what I'm trying to get at? <clears throat> yeah, I did. I, is that book about beating them up? Fifty Shades of Grey? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, don't, I think it's just mostly just rough sex and bondage, tying up, uh, whipping, that kind of shit. But I think it, it. I think it exposed a world of sexual fantasy that wasn't. I mean, that shit was so mainstream. Yeah. You know, I think for the average soccer mom or whatever, it wasn't in in their lexicon pre Fifty Shades of Grey. Now I'm not. I'm not blaming the book or whatever. I mean, people are going to do what they're going to do, and this guy was obviously behaving that way long before, based on the uh, accusations, long before that book even came out. But uh, it seems to me that he. His point is that, or at least his defense, is that this was simply rough sex, right? Right. And that was working for him for a bit, because the initial accusations, as far as I know, were sexual partners he had had, girlfriends. Right. But then these other accusations started coming out about girls who wouldn't participate, who were just getting showing up and getting beat up and being asked to leave, and there was no sexual element at all. So, it, you know, it, it appears that the guy has some kind of a issue I, I i don't know why it's so disturbing to me but 
what <clears throat> what gets me is these guys that are like these really sweet like mm. like like soft spoken like you know you, you you just picture him cuddling you couldn't even picture him fucking you know what i mean <laughs> like i couldn't picture that guy like stuffing a girl <laughs> in the corner of a couch and just fucking hammering <laughs> right. away i wouldn't think of him being doing anything so dynamic in that, or in that way in that way you almost see him as more of a predator like the, pr- yeah. the you know the, like the, a psycho like yeah. a fucking ted bundy type sociopath character. well there's something about someone who is like really uh, like projects an image and then the image is like this like the cosby situation perfect example right projects this image of this wholesome super squeaky clean family man who doesn't swear admonishes other comedians for swearing using bad words talking about sex gets really angry at them calls them up the famous eddie murphy bit where Bill Cosby calls him up and tells him to stop swearing, and then he calls up Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor tells him, did the people laugh? Did you get paid? Tell Bill to have a coconut smile and shut the fuck up. <laughs> Classic, right? right. Well, you're dealing with a guy in Richard Pryor who's just fucking everything's on the table, man. Yeah. Everything's on the table. Yeah. And so, Coke yeah. and lights himself on it's fire. It's far more comfortable to know where you stand fuck with a, with yeah. a guy. Yeah. That's my dog, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. my man. Because I mean, if you're the, willing to go that far on that, <clears throat> yeah. then you're probably not hiding anything. There's exactly. nothing. There's nothing scarier than somebody hiding shit. Really, exactly. When you think about it. But the interesting thing about the Cosby situation is that it's the accusations are date rape, mm-hmm. which to me is well. I wouldn't even say date rape. I would say rape, and I would say well, a wor- the worst kind of rape. Sorry, I was referring just to the drug. Right. Like it wasn't date rape in the sense that like uh, he you know he was on a date or whatever. Like he, he, was, he held he, him down. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he the the, <clears throat> the difference in that. I'm not saying it's any different in it's not any more excusable or anything like that i know you're not all i'm all i'm saying is that uh trying to to prosecute that oh your your point is the the what's the woman what's the story right what's the 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 accusation Uh, i was i was completely cognizant i woke up in somebody else's clothes like i read her her account the original uh accuser who, who nobody was listening to at least for the first few years after the accusation uh i woke up in his apartment don't know how i got there and i was wearing his clothing and i was throwing up that's the accusation right right well what a woman has to do well i shouldn't say i shouldn't put it on the woman but the only way to prove is to immediately get a drug test and, uh, and then call the cops and you know i mean but a lot of women in those scenarios are fucking terrified and scared and, yeah. and not only that you're dealing with like way back into the 60s yeah. and there was you know like what kind of drug tests were even available back then i mean what could they test right. for how could and, they and, prove and so it? the drug itself and that happening to people was so new right yes you have i, I don't even know that somebody would 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 realize the steps necessary right. maybe had they gone but imagine you're that what was she was like 18 at the time you're her and you're you want to make an accusation against bill fucking cosby right and nobody wants to listen to you nobody i mean he's a giant superstar i mean he was a superstar in the 60s like Mm -hmm. i believe his first tv show was in 65 i think i spy i mean he was an emmy award winner before i was born crazy you know and that the thing that kills me though is that like like this gomeshi guy he was this like sweet guy like you 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 saw him as this you know the father figure on the huxtables and he had this you could never imagine that guy dropping quaaludes into a chick's drink and Mm -mm. just it's so fucked up and it's almost 
more fucked up than if the allegations are like, let's pick a guy, like Old Dirty Bastard. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> rest, in, rest in peace. Yeah. But if Old Dirty Bastard did something awful, you would go, well, let's, you know, like I was yeah, fucked. Yeah, because you know where you stand with Old Dirty. Yeah. Right? Right. You meet Old Dirty, you're like, all right, I get it, man. You know, yeah. and not to say that he was a rapist, but, right, right, right. but, but yeah, it's, there is something creepy about, uh, you know, the whole Ted Bundy character. Meanwhile, Old Dirty Bastard is probably less likely to do that to you, which is more fucked up. Right. He was probably a guy who just like, because women knew what, you mean, look at his gold grill. You knew what the fuck that guy was the all about. Because the creepiest people are the best actors. Right. Right, right. The creepiest people are the guy who talk to you on the radio like this mm -hmm. and then get you alone and you fucking cunt and punch mm -hmm. you in the face. Like, mm -hmm. whoa. Can you imagine It's pent that? up. Yeah, I mean, especially yeah. if you're a woman and you're into those like emo dudes and you see him and you're like, oh, this guy's sweet. He's going to cuddle and I'll be able to get really close to him before we have sex. Meanwhile, he's punching you in the head and <laughs> stuffing your head under a pillow and trying to suffocate you. It's so it fucking It must be crazy. such a mind fuck to be in that scenario after the fact, you know, to find yourself there and be like, wow, that was not expected. Stand up citizen. We're assuming he did this, by the way. I mean, we don't. What the That's fuck? true. I, we I better know. be careful. He's yeah. tried to sue the CBC. <laughs> but he, yeah, he, but he, he dropped He that. dropped it. He well, dropped if you it. drop it, I mean, if you're suing and you're in the middle I of mean, all the he, stuff, he's you drop charged it. now. He's charged now as of a couple of days ago. So, yeah, I mean, he's not, he's not convicted yet, but there are a number of accusations on the table, and that's going to. That can't bode well for him. Yeah, I mean, who the fuck knows what actually happened in that particular case, but what just drives me up the wall is that someone's capable of doing that. It's, it's, it goes back in, in a sort of a very loose way. It goes back to what we're talking about with Ferguson. It's like a real issue when it comes to any kind of a crime, any kind of a horrible scenario is what turns a person into the type of person that can do that? What, mm. turns, what turns a person into the type of kid, look, we, whatever Michael Brown did, we know he robbed a store. Mm -hmm. We know he, there's a photo of him grabbing some guy by the neck. He's a giant guy. We, we know that he did that. So right. what... Could you have done that when you were 18? I couldn't have. I, I wasn't a violent person. I was violent in the, in the sense that I was fighting. <laughs> but You had an outlet. But yeah, my outlet, I mean, I was never, I never, I hadn't, I haven't even gotten into a scuffle since I was in high school. Like I've had, Z maybe one time on Fear Factor. But <laughs> the one time on Fear Factor, I didn't even hurt the guy. I just grabbed him. I didn't do anything to him. I just, I thought he was going to hit me. The question, I, yeah, the question is, what? makes a person like that exactly how much of it is nature nurture so I think it's on almost and so forth a, a huge chunk of it is nurture right a huge chunk but nature and nurture are combined because of epi epigenetics and the, you mm -hmm. know the, you know, there's learned behavior mm -hmm. there, there's there's tendencies that a child gets if they're in the womb of a mother who's under extreme stress and duress yeah. a, a woman who lives in a horrible neighborhood who deals with violence in the home a woman who's being beaten while she's pregnant that child will have a, a higher propensity for a violence like this is a, there's all these studies that have proven this or are being done to prove this mm -hmm. you, you everyone's not equal if your parents are super sweet and in love with each other and super supportive and you grew up and you're in the womb of that mom and then there's this kid whose mom is getting beat up by the dad who is a junkie who comes home every three days and it's just chaos and violence and fear and crying you're you're growing up a different person mm -hmm. so if you're in that circumstance, and you're part of a greater group of people who have also had that same experience coming up, are you really, do you really have the capacity to understand 
how your actions are affecting the entire picture? That's a great question. That's the real question, right? That's the real question. The real question is, isn't whether or not that cop shot that guy in, in a just way. The real question is, how, how do we stop a kid like that from being a kid like mm -hmm. that? How do we stop an angry young man from, from developing into a criminal? How do you intervene? Is it possible to intervene? Is it possible to intervene with counseling? Is it possible to intervene with education? Or is there some sort of a, a medical, pharmaceutical alternative that's on the horizon? I mean, who the fuck knows what, it, what, what turns someone into... Let's, you know, fill in the blank. There's a million instances all across the country every day yeah. of people committing violent crimes. Yeah. And it's, and, it, and, and to be fair, it's not just this, this part of the populace. It's not just somebody who came up uh, without very much. Right, well, that's why this Gomeshi guy's kind of that, fucked. That's what I mean. Or I remember the kid in Santa Barbara, the, the rich kid. Yes. Who, yes. who had, had it out for women or whatever mm -hmm. i read read some stuff re regarding him when that happened so yeah it can happen anywhere but it's obvious that violence among particular communities is vastly more uh consistent yeah impoverished communities yeah. there's more stress more stress more violence more poverty did you hear less hope that they found that mcdonald's is spending significantly more money advertising in poor neighborhoods recently yeah they really? did a study they're like i don't even remember what the percentage was i hate quoting things that i don't have the, the data on maybe jamie can look it up yeah jamie can um but yeah that maybe it runs even deeper than this right because you i mean you know the important like how does how does nutrition play into it Right. And that's a good point. You know, I mean, sugar is a big part of the diet of poor people. I mean, not just sugar, but sugar in refined form, whether whether it's candy or soda, but also in terms of like breads and yeah. carbohydrates. It's all like in alcohol, like what part, all those things immediately if you, get processed if, into sugar. If, you, uh, if you're a poor family and you can go to McDonald's and get, uh, you know, a bunch of meals for five bucks a piece and- it's weird how how many things are stacked against you. It's just weird, mm -hmm. like that the fun the the building blocks of human life, like vegetables or whatever, right. are 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 not accessible to you at right. least, not it, not in the same way as those other ready made meals. Like because you got to cook them, you got to the investment isn't just the amount of money that it costs. Because I've seen those uh, responses, like well. You know, they could buy vegetables and do th this and that. But when you're working two jobs and you're a single parent and whatever else, that the energy invested in actually turning that veg those vegetables into something your kids actually want. Is this it right here? Yeah, yeah it says close. disturbing ways that fast food chains disproportionately target black kids. There you go. specifically McDonald's, but. It's a lot of like Papa John's, Popeyes, and sort of. Well, McDonald's in there. <coughs> Sorry, yeah, I yeah. may have accused them. They're in there. But okay. Well, it's, I all think of them really. They they go where they can make the most money. I mean, it's like a, a magnet attracts metal filings. Well, how do you feel about that? It's, it's, is this ex think, is this acceptable? Well, sorry to put I mean, you on the spot. Here's the thing: in, in an ideal society, like if you. Lewis mm. would like a Big Mac. You should be able to buy a Big Mac. Completely agree. You know that a Big Mac is shit. Yes. You know, you know that's not good for <laughs> you. But if you have a choose between going down the street to Whole Foods and getting a nice salad that's super healthy and nutrient dense, or a Big Mac, and you choose as an adult to go get a Big Mac, that's one thing. Yeah. But the the 
there's a big difference between that and children and you know and 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 people that aren't educated or people that are poor i don't think that mcdonald's or burger king has a responsibility should to, they be able to advertise to minors sure. to minors should they be able to do whatever they want as long as it's legal i mean look if you want to serve your kid a cheeseburger should that be legal if your kid okay your five-year-old says daddy i want a cheeseburger yeah. like all right well f- for a goof <laughs> let's go in there and get a cheeseburger <laughs> yeah I mean, is that should that be okay and but, if that's okay why i mean if it's okay to go to an ice cream store if it's okay to go to baskin robbins and get your kid an ice cream sundae mm-hmm. which pretty much everybody does every now and again but here's here's what I'm getting at is that the the developing mind is very susceptible, at least traditionally has been susceptible to this to advertising's ability to to bypass the the the, the defense mechanisms that an adult brain has. Right. Like, I know you want to sell me something. Right. I know that Big Mac looks fucking delicious. I'm gonna come buy it. Right. right. But maybe the like long term embedding them embedding themselves in the psyche of people at a young enough age is somehow affecting their decision making far later into their lives that it's not just a simple discussion of you know an advertisement tomorrow and and free choice tomorrow like how free are we actually when it comes to thinking right right yeah well It's very, it's a very complicated and complex situation because what is okay for one group is not okay for another. Hmm. What is okay for adults, discerning adults who are educated and aware, if you want to go get a Snickers bar, you should be able to. But if, if that is all that's available in your community and you are young and starving and you don't have much money, then it's a real issue because like this kid needs nutrition and they're not getting it from a Snickers bar yeah. or a Big Mac, and it would be interesting to, to to attempt to investigate the consequences of that from a mental perspective. Like, is it possible to have a fully developed mind living off Snickers? It's not. I, mean, I, I don't you, think so. Well, either. even if it's it be, whether or not it's fully developed, it's not going to be optimized. No, that's for sure. No, and the effects of that at, at at a young age. So it's for it's not it's not like it's an old thing from a human history perspective. Like the food that would have been available. It may have been available more to the rich people than the poor people, but you're talking about roughly the same stuff, right? Right. It comes out of the ground, or you, or you or you kill a cow and whatever, you got what you got. No? Well, I think what we really need, what communities really need, is community gardens. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it would also foster a massive sense of community. If you, you had community gardens where, like, say, if you live on a block, all you would need is one lot. Okay? You know, you have... 100 homes on a block, one of them, one lot would fi- feed literally 100 homes. Wow. You would just have to grow it correctly, you know, stagger the food and have everyone do shifts. If you have 100 families doing shifts in this, you know, one, you know, half acre lot, I mean, a half acre is a lot of land hmm. as far as like growing food. If you have access to water and seeds and all these the, the you know the proper soil to for growing food you could do an amazing thing with an area when i was a kid my parents were involved in uh, my stepdad was going to school he was a computer programmer and he went back to school to become an architect and when he changed uh careers he when he was going to school he was involved at one point in time with some project at his university where they were um they had like a communal garden sort of a thing and everyone had to do like a shift. And I remember this very clearly because I went with him one day and I got attacked by a goat. It was 
fucking <laughs> cunty goat jumped after me and, and so they had like, livestock at this garden. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoa. Yeah, they were they were uh, milking goats, and uh, it was a part of. I don't. I was about maybe eight at the time, maybe seven or eight. So I do not remember the exact uh, extent of their duties or what everything, but what everything was uh, for. But I remember there was all sorts of different vegetables they were growing and then they had some livestock that I think they were using Go- goat's milk is particularly nutritious yeah very easy to digest as well and it's an issue uh, with babies a lot of babies have a real hard time with cow milk my daughter did yeah she had a really hard time drinking cow milk but goat's milk is super easy to digest for whatever reason I don't mm-hmm. know nutritionally enzymes but, or whatever but that idea that concept of a communal garden uh, I mean it, first of all it could bring the community together in an amazing way you know, where everybody's sort of working towards yeah. some sort of a universal goal. Yeah. And two, it could provide people with food that they don't need money to pay for. If they can just, you know, if everybody has a shift that they have to do, like, hey, it's your shift to lay down manure or your shift to pick up, you know, the crops and document them. And if you have like, you know, a, a log book that everybody has to sign in and, you know, oh, today we picked 18 squash, we put them here, you know, let everybody know, s- send the word out, squash is available to mm. families, come and get some squash, you know, mm. the kale is grown to the point we could pick it. That That's all possible. And not like economically prohibitive, and right. would probably save a lot of people a lot of money. I think uh, that makes a lot of sense, most definitely. But I think for me, it's like you want you wonder how much time plays into it, right? Because when you like what comes with money and well being and growing up in a good community and whatever is is time, free time, free free time, yeah. Which is what allows not not only uh, uh, you know things like that to exist, but also the ideas you know mm-hmm. like the, the 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 free format of communication and ideas. When you subtract time from people, when they are getting paid uh, a f- you know a fraction of whatever they get paid, a person's getting paid per hour or whatever, it's they're or you know redlining their their cap- their capacity the the age old work smarter not harder type scenario but it's like if uh if time is not abundant it's hard to imagine that people would find a w- w- could find a way to participate in something like that well there's a guy named Ron Finley who's got a TED talk on this very subject right uh, he calls himself a gorilla gardener wow and, I like uh, that <laughs> yeah he's got a, a TED talk about gorilla gardening in South Central LA and it's really interesting wow yeah and he has um, these these gardens that he set up and like medians like he's growing food in all these places where nothing was growing but like hmm. weeds before. Cool. And he gets young kids involved very in, cool. in growing this food. And he's talking, you know, in his TED Talk, it's really interesting because you know, he's, he's talking about how little it costs and how healthy it is and how good it is for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a really, I got to get him on here, man. I got he's, um. Yeah, I mean, he sounds like a I badass. I wonder if he has a, yeah, I wonder if he has a Twitter, fo- I'm sure he has a Twitter it's funny, though, that if this stuff is really as accessible as it seems it is, like ground, sun, rain, <laughs> right? Why the hell does it cost what it costs at Whole Foods? What's that about? Yeah. What is that about? I mean, I, was, I got here and I was at the Whole Foods in Venice, and Jesus Christ, that place is buzzing. It's yeah. a scene, man. It's, yeah, no it's, kidding, right? It's like, it's like you're, you're, you're in some wacky... 
nutritional nightclub. <laughs> they got like a little wine bar, and people are sitting there talking, sipping on expensive wines, you know, buying the most expensive produce you possibly can. It's very expensive. It's like a rite of passage. It's like nutrition is a rite of passage. There's a place that's even more expensive called Erewhon. Have you ever been to Erewhon? No. It's a new one. It's oh, like they took oh, Whole Foods oh. to, the, to the next level. Oh, do they have a dress code? <clears throat> no, but Whole Foods <laughs> is better though because Whole Foods has like a real butcher shop. Like Whole mm. Foods, you can get like a fat yeah. bison steak. Yeah, I saw that. You can that. get like good meat there. Yeah, I mean, they even had smoked brisket. Like they're smoking mm-hmm. it right there in the yeah. supermarkets. Like, geez. Well, there's a Whole Food in Boulder that mm. is like a goddamn restaurant. I mean, they have all sorts of food. They have a pizza oven. I yeah. Mean, they, have all, they make yeah. sandwiches. They have wood all pizza. sorts of stuff. The one in Venice had the wood pizza oven, too. I tried it. It was badass pizza. Yeah. Like, I'm not taking anything away from them. Better food for more people is awesome. It's expensive, though. That's it's, what it's, I'm saying. That's what's hard. Price-wise, yeah. it's like, and, you know, I'm not trying to uh, be prejudiced or anything, but that is a type of person that's in there. You know what I mean? I love how you said that. I'm not trying to be prejudiced. Um, I, I, it is prejudice. There's a Twitter, I- Twitter page called Yes, You're Racist. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I was t- <laughs> tweeting it the other day because it was a, during the day of the riots. It was a great time mm. to go to Yes, You're Racist. <laughs> and, and they would find like racist tweets and put them up. And the guy who runs the page was saying that that was the worst day ever. Worse wow. than Trayvon Martin. Worse than any other. Yep. Like that day... Well, there was so much, so much racist bullshit being tweeted. Wow. I, I mean, I believe it. I've been in the YouTube comments before. It's. It seems like there'd be a way to to mitigate a lot of the issues, and it's also it's 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 also difficult to get people to fucking eat that shit. Like they want right. to eat cheeseburgers, right? You know, it's not as simple as uh, do you want some more coffee, man? Do you want to make some more coffee? I would love some more. This is right. fantastic coffee. I'm just it's it's starting to sink yeah, in. I'm getting fired up now. Well, we got plenty of caveman coffee in the house. <laughs> All right, a lot of it. Perfect. Um, it's it's hard to get people to choose a salad yeah. over a fucking ice cream cone. But but I feel like it is prevailing. Mm-hmm. I mean I don't know about when you were a kid or whatever, but nobody was saying McDonald's is bad for you. Right. Nobody was saying cigarettes are bad for you at some point in time. You know, well, may- at some point in time, doctors were, were prescribing, prescribing cigarettes. Did you ever see that J. Edgar Hoover film no. with Leonardo DiCaprio? Oh, no, I never saw it. It's a good movie. Yeah. And one of the things in the movie was Leonardo DiCaprio or J. Edgar Hoover's mom telling Leonardo DiCaprio that he should you know, smoke the cigarettes that the doctor prescribed to make him heartier. You know, to make them more... Really? Yes, they're harder. prescribing cigarettes to make you, like, rougher, stronger. No yes. way. Yes, doctors prescribed wow. cigarettes. Yeah. Well, you know, before the before the uh, vibrator, doctors would give women yes. orgasms. Yes. Hysteria, right? Yes, yes. Hysteric, re- hysteria being connected to uh, hysterectomy, the, the, being yeah, connected yeah. to the... I mean, that's <laughs> Find like... Find a way to log it into the, bu- that's, the medical book. But yeah. that's like the connection, hysteria mm-hmm. and hysterectomy. Like, that. Yeah. that's where the word comes from, it's apparently. Wild. And these women... I mean, I'm doing a butcher job of the, the definition of it, but these women would go to the doctor and the doctor would... Uh, uh, just finger blast them. <laughs> That's what the doctor would do. You know, I mean, with a cigarette in his mouth. The <laughs> origins of the word hysteria. Yeah, right. Probably, <laughs> right. Yeah, it's 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 wild how much things can change in a short period of time. Yeah, and it's an ex- it's an accelerating thing as well. Uh, but I think we're you know we'll look back on this time and say I can't believe we did that. The same way we're looking back on 
40 years ago or 30 years ago and saying, I can't, I can't believe we did that. So uh, there's definitely a movement into the direction of a, getting back to the food thing, in, into a direction of a more fulfilling diet. Yeah, hysteria the um, des- describes unmanageable emotional excess, the fear that can be centered on a body part or most commonly on an imagined problem with that body part. Disease Whoa. is a common complaint. Uh, see also body dysmorphic disorder. You know what? I was reading, or no, sorry, listening to a podcast. Uh, I think it was Radio Lab or I don't know, something like that. And they were talking about using a woman using... Uh, PMS as a defense in a court case. Oh yeah, for uh, for punching or hitting her kid or something, something like that, and and how the implications of that on the legal system, whether or not uh, whether or not you're psychologically there when you're experiencing that h- hormonal imbalance that comes with that time of the month. Yeah, well, people have used sugar as a defense for murder. Like, like yeah some guy used twinkies like eating he ate too many twinkies and went crazy i believe that was in northern california yeah female hysteria that's the, the the thing i was looking for a once common medical diagnosis exclusively in women which today no longer recognized by medical authorities as a medical disorder it's diagnosis and treatment <clears throat> were routine for many hundreds of years in western europe and one of the things they would do they would blast water on a woman's pussy there's wow. there's a photo if you go to the Wikipedia for what the look at that cannon. <laughs> what is that? A fire hose? Look at there's blasting and get out of here. Note how her legs are together and down. Meanwhile, she'd be like grabbing the back of her knees. <laughs> get out of here. It would just be flooding. Look her at that wooden. Now. Look at that wooden chair. That doesn't look like it's ready for that kind of force. I know it should be like some sort of a <laughs> captain's chair, like like <laughs> Captain Kirk had in the Enterprise. <laughs> That's gonna tip over. Uh, and they. Would, I like how you know. You see how the doctor's keeping his distance. <laughs> He's firing that from a fair distance. A there. physician in 1859 claimed that a quarter of all women suffer from hysteria. One physician cataloged 75 pages of possible symptoms of hysteria and called the list incomplete. Almost any ailment could fit the diagnosis. Physicians thought that the stresses associated with modern life caused civilized women to be both more susceptible to nervous disorders and to fu- to develop faulty reproductive tracts. What they they just what? fucking guessed back then. <laughs> it's a it's really amazing when you go back just you know a couple hundred years yeah. and you look at like the connections they had to disorders and and diseases. They just guessed. Yeah, they were so off. Yeah, they didn't know what the fuck they the were talking about. Is false, yeah, the, by the way. it's false. It's not yeah. true. That's what it says. Oh, is that S- Snopes? Snopes said. But didn't some guy actually use something like sugar as a defense? Sugar as a defense. I'm sure some hotshot lawyer has attempted to use. What does I mean, it say? Does it say it never defense. happened? Uh, recently resigned. Um, Twinkie defense is a commonly recognized term. It says uh, he got off with voluntary manslaughter. Defense argued the refined sugar in his junk food made him depressed. And mentally incapable of premeditated murder. Well, no, this, listen, this was an actual defense that he tried to use. His defense was that he suffered diminished capacity as a result of depression. His change in diet from healthy food to Twinkies and other sugary food was said to be a symptom of depression. So, contrary to popular belief, 
His attorneys did not argue that Twinkies were the cause of the actions, but that the consumption was symptomatic of an underlying depression. So it was like confusing. So like, uh, he's de- he's depressed. Look, he eats all these Twinkies. Exactly. He must be depressed. He's depressed, and that's yeah. why he killed somebody. It right. wasn't that the the Twinkies were causing him to kill somebody. The tw- the Twinkies were just a consequence of his depression. Twinkies apparently were never mentioned in the courtroom during the trial, nor did the defense ever claim that White was on a sugar rush and committed the murders as a result. However, one reporter's use of the term Twinkie defense caught on and stuck. That's people in a nutshell. And that's me. I'm perpetrating it. I'm fucking (laughs) keeping the ignorant train rolling. It's funny how stuff like that works. You know, I mean, essentially, a lot of that is going on in Ferguson. Like, Hmm. someone gets an idea and then, like, my hands are up, don't shoot. Like, they're pretending that this kid said, my hands are up, don't shoot. So, like, people keep saying, hands up, don't shoot, hands up, don't shoot. Yeah. And then you've got witnesses that made testimony in the uh, indictment that were saying that he rushed the cop and that he said, you know, you're too much of a pussy to shoot me. Who the fuck knows what really happened? It's just, that's, that's not the sexy story. Exactly. Cops need to wear fucking cameras, mm-hmm. you know? And a couple cops have argued with me about this online. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Saying um, that they don't think they should. Yeah, they were saying like, you know, do you know how much money that would cost? But fuck off. How much is a GoPro? Fuck off. You can get one for you 150 got, bucks. Yeah, Jesus Christ. Yeah. You you got fucking so much money is you being invested. You can get a invested. 4K GoPro right now. Yeah, so much money is being invested in, in the war on drugs. So much money is being invested in Afghanistan, Iraq, and just feeling the fucking blanks yeah. corn subsidies i mean jesus christ the, the amount of money that's being you ever watch king corn the amount Not of yet. money that's being invested in making sure the mcdonald's still has fucking corn syrup there's a <laughs> lot of money going around folks and the the, the the idea that someone who carries a fucking gun that it's not a good idea to put a camera on them. Right. For all sorts of reasons. Look, if that kid was saying on camera, you're too much of a pussy to shoot me and yeah. running towards that cop and the yeah. cop shot him, we're good. We're done. This whole thing's done. So right now, we're dealing with a lot of speculation and we have a bunch of people that are walking down the street and mass closing down freeways yelling out hands up don't yeah. shoot what's the cost of that now how the fuck yeah. do, do we even know that that was said yeah. like what are you doing and like that black guy that uh, on twitter was saying to the white rapper you are blind to the facts in your attempt to be down yeah. and there's a lot of that going on there's a lot More of attractive. people they want the narrative they want yes. the narrative they want it to fit in with their idea of you know what what is just or what is exciting or what's really going on the other thing about the camera too is it's not just about what would have been captured it's about what might not have happened well there's a i put i tweeted a story or i tweeted a study rather about california that said that when they made cops wear cameras the numbers of complaints against cops the numbers of violent incidents and 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 abuse dropped dramatically Mm -hmm. when people are accountable they don't fuck up on both sides on both sides on both sides if you're if you're uh somebody who's committing a crime or not or whatever you understand the consequences of that camera yes that what you're about to say and do there's a record of it and the cop knows he can't get away with anything both parties and you know what they should do if they find a cop tampered with a fucking camera they should put him in jail for 20 years Uh, they find a cop that arrest that that erased footage or that purposely if they can prove that a cop purposely fucked with a camera Mm. there should be a high consequence you know what though there's a way around that. You could have it uh, uploading, streaming in real time. Yeah. 
you know like have you heard of do you have one of those drop cams or have you heard of them yeah i have heard of them yeah, yeah. so like set them up in five minutes they're yeah. they're like this big they connect to the wi-fi network and then boom you're you're streaming the only problem would be if you were in a place that was remote you know if you were in the main woods or something like that if you know if right you're a fucking game warden or something you know you, abusive cops could get away with it if there was no signal but right I mean, if you had some sort of a fail-safe mechanism where the, the data is being backed up by Bluetooth, you know, to the hard drive of the patrol car, mm-hmm. you know, or some sort of a signal that reaches the hard drive of the patrol car and it can't be tampered with, right. that doesn't seem to me to be outside the realm of possibility. That would be great for everybody, great for the cops and fantastic for civilians. I mean, I, I guarantee you that alone would cut back on police abuse dramatically. Would you... Per- so you get um, pulled over mm-hmm. for speeding. Right. You want the cop coming up and recording that? Yes. Really? Sure. Okay. Why not? I don't know. Some pe- th- There is some kind, there is a uh, a feeling that being recorded, recorded is a negative thing, like the whole, you know, NSA type thing. But maybe it's different because you know you're being recorded. Yeah, you know you're being recorded, and you're being recorded because you violated a law. Okay, let's say you didn't, though. Well, then you say, I didn't violate the law. Right, Whatever, right, right. you say it on camera. Right. Well, some people would have a hard time asserting themselves, which would be an issue, because socially some people are a bit more awkward. Mm-hmm. That could be an issue. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that if someone comes up to you and talks to you about a crime, and you know you're being recorded, I mean, you're, you, there's got to be a lot of transparency there. Mm-hmm. To, like, if you were speeding... And they have the evidence and they have all the data. I mean, that's, it's all, the only thing yeah. that would be a problem is if people wouldn't be able to get off for being, you know, cute or having a great right. story or a girl with big tits. Like what, or, yeah, what, yeah. And what percentage of uh, traffic infractions act, do, you, do you actually end up getting convicted for the whole, the whole thing? Right. Like there's no leniency there. And the amount of blowjobs that cops <laughs> receive would drop dramatically. That's the real reason I know right a cop, there. I know a cop. Well, I don't know a cop, rather. I know a girl who got pulled over by a cop. And the cop said, look, there might be some other way we can take care of this. And she was like, what the fuck are you talking Whoa. about? And the cop went back to his car, wrote her a ticket, and fucking yeah. sent her on her way. You know, like, he was That's he was been going on for there. as long as there's been cops, I'm sure. He's floating it out there. <laughs> oh, look, my zipper's undone. Oh, your mouth is right there. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, it's been done. It's not like the first. I mean, how many times have a, has a girl offered? I mean, there's probably a lot of girls that have offered that. Wow. You know? I'm sure. You know, the, the thing is, though, human beings, cameras, why? I was watching this thing the other night. Um, uh, maybe you've heard of it called Surveillance Man. No. Have you heard of this? Uh, I don't he recently got all his shit pulled off YouTube. Uh, but this guy. Goes around and just records people, regular people. Walks up to you, records you. And puts it online? And and whatever, he edits it together and puts it on YouTube. Well, that's kind of fucked up. <laughs> it's very fucked up. Well, that's... It's uh, it's very fucked up. Is he a creep? I, I wouldn't know. Do we know who the guy is? No, does, no idea. So he doesn't put himself online? Ever. Fuck that guy. So he walks up to people and gets uh, various responses. Some people, like he walks up to two... All, all this stuff got pulled off YouTube, but it's on li- Live Leak now. Yeah, he walks up to two uh, Mormons, the ones that go door to door, and they're super polite. They're like, "Whoa!" They're like, "Oh, you're recording us, whatever." Like they have a, a nice conversation, then they walk off. But then other people, they're trying to knock them out. But I think it's so it's so interesting how <clears throat> the camera, in and of itself, 
almost has this social view of of like like a weapon in a way. Right. It's like you're pointing that thing at me because you're attempting. It's like the person's not doing anything wrong by pointing the thing. No, at no, you no. I mean the person that's getting at. recorded. Right. You're not doing anything wrong. Why does it make us feel so uncomfortable? Because you're opening up a door for a bunch of other people to enter into your life. Hmm. If you take a guy, like I, I take a camera on you. Yeah. I don't know you. I find you. I, I take a camera on yes. you and I put it on a YouTube channel that has a million subscribers like yours does. Well, no, no, no. He, he, let's say the person doesn't know that when they're being <clears throat> recorded. Okay. But, right? Like if you're out in the street, well, it probably doesn't count for you because somebody might know who you are in, what, in that case. But if you're a regular everyday person and someone walks up to you with their smartphone and they're just a few feet away from you recording you. That like that's what he's doing. Right. So th- he's not announcing that it's going to be on YouTube, but people's reactions are intense. Yeah. It should in- be. I'd intense. steal his phone. <laughs> I'd steal his phone and kick him in the dick. Fuck that but guy. But maybe he that wins. But he wins that way. He wins that How's way. How does he win? Cuz I stole his phone? No, because that's Incorrect. a way be- cuz that's a way better clip if you don't get it. <clears throat> if you don't get that phone. Oh, I'll get his phone. <laughs> I'm well, going to get his phone. Well, whatever. You may, you may be more gifted than others who fail in his clips to get it from him. Is he, he like a sprinter? Well, he's, he he starts to get he he moves away at the right time. This guy's crazy. He interrupts like uh he he there are cases where he walks behind the cash register at McDonald's and starts recording people that are like Whoa. making burgers and they're just like what the fuck? <laughs> or in certain cases like he no. he walks fuck that guy. He walks into like a uh, um a card game that's going on, a private card game, and he's recording it. Like he takes risks to to get that footage, but I agree with you. Fuck that guy. But at the same time, I think it sort of unveils something about humanity and how we're not completely ready for a fully recorded future. We're not completely ready, but I feel like it's kind of inevitable. I think there's almost nothing to stop it from. I mean, if you look at where things are going, mm-hmm. you look at what if, what was our access to information just a hundred years ago? What is what is our access mm-hmm. to information going to be like a hundred years from now? Fully streaming everything. Fully streaming, and not only that, I'm I'm a big believer in that we're going to be sharing our lives. Mm-hmm. That our lives going to be like like you know I can go to your Facebook and look at your pictures, and I think there's going to be a time where you're going to be able to read my fucking thoughts because my thoughts are going to be recorded yeah. on a hard drive in HD or yeah. my my instead of my thoughts rather my life what I see you know the experiences that I have mm-hmm. and then from there it's probably going to be even more complex and complicated there's going to be some sort of a mechanism for uh, reintroducing emotions into an outside observer like I could find out whether or not you cried when you went to the movies I'll watch a movie through your perspective I mean that might be a channel that you go to let's right. watch movies with Lewis yes you know and like oh my god Avatar 16 just made me cry and, <laughs> and I'm like oh he's crying like you were you know like you see it through your mm-hmm. eyes I, I could like see what what you like to masturbate to and mm-hmm. how you what what excites you but that's to, all it's to- totally inevitable but if you asked anybody to flip that switch tomorrow it's like you're not going to be on the front lines <sighs> i don't know about all that, oh you man. would i don't know you're ready to broadcast 24 7 i don't uh, not me but i think a lot of people would jump right the fuck so in. you you have people on youtube who almost do that they they upload a vlog every day let's yeah. say I like how you say that. Vlog. Vlog. I usually call it vlog. Oh, okay. Like vlog. Well, because it was pulled from blog. Right. I, I know. Yeah. But, uh, and I, I sit there and I look at that and I'm like, damn, I, I am so happy that that's not me. 
mm. that that's not what I have to do. Well, you you're a content based guy. You're you're doing videos at Unbox Therapy based on your review of particular items, objects, right. things. So the, the yeah, so people are tuning in. Not, I mean, partially for a glimpse into my life, but not. I'm not expected to create content out of my experiences, right? Twenty four seven, right? Whereas, like, I feel like a vlogger <laughs> is in this in this kind of space. Not everybody, but some, where they're trying to turn, maybe not even consciously trying, but once you broadcast everything you do, how can it not become a performance? How can it not be? You I mean, yeah. Well, that was Hunter S. Thompson's uh, argument when they were filming him way back when he was doing. Uh one of his early documentaries that they did on him, he was saying that you're, you know, you're not going to really get it. Like that camera that you're putting on me changes the interaction. One hundred percent, exactly. And that's what I was trying to get at with the whole, the whole thing before about the cop carrying the camera or the surveillance guy or whatever. Is like, are you you when a camera's on? Yeah. Well, eventually you are. What eventually you, you're you when the camera's on. What does that mean? I'm you now. You're me now? <laughs> no, I'm I'm me now. I'm You're, me now when the camera's on. Are you? Yes. Like this hmm. camera, I'm me. That's deep, man. But I do it I do this so often. I know like in a podcast. Like if you and I were having this conversation, mm -hmm. the only difference would be I wouldn't be feeling these fucking things in my ears. Yeah. I mean then maybe I would but here's a bigger some question. personal Here, information. Here's a bigger question. Are you the same me to everybody? Not to people that I don't know if right. I, they might have like ulterior motives or they might be creepers or they might be weird. Like there's people are guarded about certain yeah, information. Yeah, sometimes you're sitting in that chair and I'm sure, I don't remember, one doesn't come to mind, but the guy across from you, you're not. You know what I mean? There's, <clears throat> there's, it's not a connection. Like it could be, uh, I don't know, if you... Maybe not if you disagree with something, but you must have had conflict before in this environment that sure. changed the you that you were. Most certainly. I mean, but, but you also would have, I mean, any conflict outside of this environment, if you had conflict with someone and you were in a True. park, it would change True. who you were and how you True. interacted with them. You would be more guarded. You'd be like, oh, this guy's a creep. Yeah. You know? Yeah. See, the you, the, the, this is like deep shit, but deep like, shit, but son. no, but seriously, I, I don't know that you can be the same person around everybody. Yeah, I, I think don't know we, either. I, don't I think know we if, all. I think we all do some kind of e editing, right? Well, and not only that. I mean, isn't that kind of what a, being a human being is? We, we part of what we are is we are who we become when we're around other people. Yes, it's one of the reasons why we like being around certain people. Is they make us better. Yes, they make us interesting. Completely they make us, agree with that. They make you more fun, or they make you more kind, or they make you yes. more. We're we, we we're not totally autonomous. We're just not. No. We're not, we're not completely individuals. Mm -hmm. We are individuals interacting with other individuals, and those ingredients that these other individuals provide, they change who we are. Yes. That's why it's important not to hang around with negative people. Yes. I had a friend who's a nice guy, but fucking dude was like, he, he always was involved in drama and bullshit. And when I was around him, like, I remember thinking, like, this fucking guy, like, everything in his life is always a mess. And when I'm around him, I become a mess. Mm. Like when I'm around him, I'm arguing with him. Mm -hmm. And when I'm not around him, everything is calm. And his life remained chaos. I stopped hanging around with him. This is like way back in the day. But I stopped hanging around with him and his life just became more and more chaotic and mine became peaceful yeah. because of it. Because I eliminated this one like super problematic dude from my life. But I have other people 
then I hang around with them and it's always fun. Yeah. You know, I hang around with them. It's always laughs and, and joking. And it's always a good time. Mm-hmm. And you feel better when yes. you're around them. You become a better person. I think, I think we collectively, at least sometimes for me, like we underestimate the importance of this stimulus. Yeah. The, the, the people that are around us, the things that we surround ourselves with, like Facebook recently did something controversial. Uh, well, I don't know how recently, but they started autoplaying videos as you scroll through. Ew. And you know... That the, <clears throat> some of the shit that's out there, you don't want to see, yeah. right? Yeah. I know I definitely don't. I don't Autoplay sucks in general. I, it sucks in general, but I guess what I'm getting at more with this one is it's like the internet opens up this door to see as much as you want. Right. And to to use your eyeballs in a metaphorical sense as like the vein to insert the drug. Right. And yeah. so I don't... I don't know that we are collectively aware of the the fucking heavy duty consequences of that. Mm. That the web, the web giving us everything is that's the best thing about the web, but it's also the worst thing about the web. In that you're changed forever. You watch a guy's head get chopped off, you're different. It's true. It's true. There's no there's no going back. You've seen it. You know what that looks like. I mean, up until I was in my 20s, I didn't know what it looked like when a guy got his head sawed off by a buck knife, you know? That's right. And then you, you see it and you go, oh, Jesus Christ. And I remember, I can still to this day remember, I think the first time I ever saw like faces of death. Mm-hmm. Same. And just, To this day. I was way too young to see that. Yeah. I just remember like the, the weird like tightening of your body, like the, the intensity. Let me ask you this. Do you wish that you hadn't seen it? No. No, I'm fine now. You well, know, I mean, I, I've seen them now, and it doesn't make me a worse person. It's just, it is what it is. I know what it is now. Hmm. You know, it's like you don't go out of your way to watch more of it. No, I do not. I avoid it. <laughs> yeah, I avoid it. So like, do I. These recent ones with these um, journalists that mm-hmm. were beheaded mm-hmm. by the ISIS guys, I, I, I avoided all of them. Because no the ob- need. the objective of those guys is, yeah. is to attract your eyeballs. I don't need to experience that. I know what it looks like. I know what's going on. I don't need to experience But, I, you know, I did watch one because I couldn't believe it was on fucking YouTube. Somebody sent me a link to it on Twitter, something about ISIS. And I was like, what? So I, I, I clicked on it thinking, it's a YouTube link. This is not going to be anything serious. <sighs> it was a full-on yeah. execution, them shooting them, t- them, cutting their heads yeah, off. Th- both YouTube and Twitter are having difficulty keeping it down because of the the speed at which it's being replicated and re-uploaded. Yeah. Like, these guys, from a social media perspective, are fairly educated. You hear the guy's voice, he's got an English accent. Mm -hmm. It's like, these are not who we think they are. Right. Right. We think of them as being uneducated savages or unaware who live in caves. That's when that, and that was the narrative for so long. Yeah, that that's what that was about. But it's interesting how people subtract themselves from the overall equation. Like, and by that I mean that by watching it, you're uh, perpetuating it. Sort of, yeah, Be- in a way. Yeah, because the entire objective from a an ROI. This sounds gross to say it this way, but from an ROI perspective, ROI, return on investment. <laughs> From a return on investment perspective, ISIS has mad legs via one dude. What's the cost of one dude? Right. That's the scary part Mm. is that the internet has allowed for the proliferation of a piece of content, an idea, something that all of us collectively recognize as negative but can't keep our fucking eyes off. 
Well, there was something that someone tweeted <clears throat> who was a part of ISIS where he was talking about how everybody gets crazy when one person's body part gets removed, but meanwhile, a hundred people get blown to bits yep. by a robot. There you go. And no one says a word. There you go. It's hard to argue with that. I mean, I'm not supporting ISIS, but it's hard to argue with that logic. Like, we have some weird ways of looking at loss. Mm-hmm. Somebody tweeted me the other day um, that there was an objective to kill 40 people, and they wound up killing 1,417 people mm-hmm. in their attempt to kill these 40 people. Like, that's a lot of fucking murder for no reason. I mean, that those other people, that collateral damage... Mm-hmm. Those people have families, those people have lives, those people had friends, those people had lovers. All those people are gone. As long as those people on TV speak a different language and wear a different outfit. And look different than us. Booyah. Booyah. Let's let's do it. Yeah, and all that is affecting us. All that's changing us. Just like having negative people in our life, Mm -hmm. just like communicating with shitty people, just like being in a bad neighborhood, all that is affecting your reality. You are a combination of your reality and your take on that reality. Yep. This membrane here, like, is not nearly as strong from a structural perspective as we like to believe it is. Yeah, no shit, right? that's what I'm like was saying with, with the with the fast food thing in, in, in uh, targeting black people in black neighborhoods and kids and this and that. It's like the informational world. We just don't view it like torpedoes or heroin or whatever. But the consequences are very similar. Mm. Like when you let shit in, it changes you like we both just said emotionally. How is it you can watch this thing that you know already happened, right? Like how I can't change what happened there, right? When, when a guy gets his head chopped off. There's literally nothing that I can do about it. So it might as well be fiction at this point. It might as well be Hollywood at this point, but it's not. I watch it and I know the difference and I can't steer clear of it. I can't escape that high. Yeah, you can't escape that input. I mean, we are essentially a a product of our input. Yes. Our our interactions, our input, and how how we process all of it. That's that's what we are. That's what makes a person a person. Mm-hmm. That's why people that have lived colorful lives are so interesting. Mm. It's because they have so much input. There's so much variety in their input. Right. Yeah. And when we all become connected in some sort of a weird hive mind way. Boy, yeah. I'm, yeah. Is, is everybody more fucked up than we think? There's a lot more fucked up shit than we think. Yeah. I think we based a lot of our ideas of reality on media. Yep. On um, when I say media, I mean like fictional depictions of people, yeah, 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 yeah. songs, Coldplay songs. Yeah. And there's a lot of women that think dudes are like the guy oh, in the Coldplay song. Fuck, dude. <laughs> don't please don't. I have a whole like tangent on rom coms about how like what's a rom com? A romantic comedy. Oh, it's rom com. How how no self respecting dude should ever take his girlfriend wife to any of those movies those move that's fucking terrorism right there give me an example jennifer aniston movies <laughs> jennifer that aniston shit, when that she was shit, like a cop that, that shit every fucking time it's selling one thing the grass being <clears throat> greener always and you're the fucking you're the current lawn you know what i mean like, <laughs> you're the current fucking lawn and you're taking you're you're taking like it's crazy to think that 
oh, we're just going to enjoy it and we're going to laugh and whatever this and that. There is no rom com. There is no no none of that structure without the triangle, the love triangle, mm. and the love triangle opens the door to the third party. Oh. See, we don't work that way, dudes. Right. For the most part, right. we're like stimulated by other shit, as you right. know. But on that side of the fence, it's all imagination. Right. It's all like, yeah, <clears throat> the fucking pool boy or the the delivery man or whoever, someone's always going to treat you better or whatever it is. And as you know, anytime you're in a, in a, in a relationship, you learn really quickly that, well, I think we talked about this last time, about you know, the, the honeymoon phase and how things change. Mm-hmm. And that's just part of growing and, and, and whatever. But in those movies, it's never about that. It's never about, oh, look, they've been together forever and they're still fucking doing it. Right. It's always some prettier dude has to come along. Mm. You're a fucking idiot if you're taking your wife to that <laughs> shit, okay? What should you take her to? I don't Planet know. Planet of the Apes? Some dystopia fucking <laughs> version of reality where gorillas become sentient and they start getting machine guns and shooting white people? May- maybe, Is that what we need? No, maybe not that. I don't know. I, I don't know, know either. I don't know how to solve that shit, but all I got to say is don't participate. <laughs> but what if you enjoy them? No, you don't. No? No, it's impossible. No chance. It's fucking impossible. Ryan Gosling movies? No way. <laughs> Drive, maybe. Which I haven't seen. Who's the other guy? Who's the Twenty One Jump Street one? Who's the guy who was in Channing that? Tatum? That guy, that handsome bastard. What about him? Fuck them all, man. Whoa! <laughs> no, <laughs> I take it back. Words. I take it back, Channing. I didn't mean it. You got to do what you got to do. And and if you know, if I looked like that, I'd probably do the same goddamn thing. But truthfully, like it's 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 weird how much we turn our lives into the stories that we want them to be. Well, we definitely pretend. We definitely pretend. And the, the 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 other issue is that when that's a part of the input of reality, you're 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 dealing with like faulty data. Mm-hmm. You're dealing with like fictional accounts right. of reality. A that's fucking based glitch. A bunch of writers sat down. They were in a room. They worked for weeks on lines that would sound absolutely ridiculous in the real world. Music plays when the guy delivers them. Mm. His head is sixty feet tall. He's on a giant fucking screen. The perfect words. His features are perfectly symmetrical. Everything is wonderful. So I mean, dreamy. Yeah. I mean, look, look. Think about like what they can do in movies now. The look. How about the movie 300? Those guys didn't even really look like that. <laughs> like, I remember when I saw that dude, Gerard, whatever the fuck his name is. Butler. Yeah, in real life. And yeah. I was like, look at this fucking flabby bitch. Yeah. I couldn't, you want to know something? I, I couldn't handle that movie. Really? No. Why is that? It was too far beyond the realm of what I was willing to accept. Hmm. I feel the same way about a lot of zombie shit. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I was watching... I was like sort of off The Walking Dead for a while. I watched the first season and then, you know, it, I don't know, it got old for me because the zombies stopped being as capable as they were early on. Right. They're all slow and shit now. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, fuck, I don't know. I, I want the zom- I want a dangerous zombie. You want a 28 Days Later zombie. Love 28 Days Later. Yeah, you know, if shit. I need to be afraid of something, like it's just second nature for them, you know, to, to kill them now. But anyway, I'm watching that shit and it's like all the girls look fucking awesome. They got makeup. They got makeup. On. They're 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 prepped up. I want to see the real zombie movie. People look like shit. Well, fuck it. All of Hollywood needs to tone down the appearance. I the, my suspension of disbelief and my enjoyment of all of Hollywood is being hindered by the fact that they can't put normal looking people in stuff. I was watching the Jurassic Park trailer uh, this morning. Looks wild. 
It looks wild, but at the same time, I'm thinking, shit's hitting the fan, this and that, and the fucking eyeliner is perfect. That bugs you? It bugs the <laughs> shit out of me. How can anyone get excited about that as a filmmaker? Like, you at all costs want this person to suspend disbelief and pretend they were there for a minute. Well, beautiful women sell movies. God damn Beautiful it. people sell movies. I, I don't agree with that. How you come can, in The go, Walking Dead no one grows a fucking beard? Hell yeah. You know? Hell Rick yeah. Grow a beard. Rick, that's it. He's the only one. Everybody else is shaving. Not allowed. It doesn't Shit's make ridiculous. for a good billboard. Is that you what know? it is? I don't know. No one's grow no one's like hair is growing all fucked up and scraggly. Their hair stays the same length for years. Same thing as the like, makeup. They make certain concessions to be more glossy. Well, if you're paying attention to this recent season, there's a woman in the recent season that always has fucking lipstick on and there a you perfectly go. perfectly like clean and pressed suit. And there it's you like go. this is fucking ridiculous. What self respecting person can accept that in their content? Come on. If you watch movies from back in the day, before shit got all glossy, you had people that looked like regular people. They'd be cast. Leading role. Teeth weren't perfect. Like who? Give me an example. I don't know. If you watch old Scorsese movies like Mean Streets and shit like that, p people had big noses. You know? Right. I, I mean, you don't even need a specific example. Watch anything from 30 years ago, and it's like, wow. P either, But that fucks with people's perception of what now actually is and what they need to do to participate in that whole thing. Uh from an appearance standpoint, it's like uh, when you put so much emphasis on the superficial stuff, everything else. Like Gene Hackman. Perfect uh, example, fucking, right? Yeah, that's a bad motherfucker. <clears throat> bad scene, motherfucker. Right there. Yeah, there you go. There's many examples of it. George C. Scott. There you go. Like, you know, who came to mind when I originally thought of an ugly? Like right now, try and think of a straight up ugly, and no offense to this individual, but a straight up ugly leading man. Gerard Depardieu. Right, but that's <clears throat> kind of like that's he's that a, French thing. And he's gone though. He's machete. gone. He disappeared. Yeah, Not yeah, only that, tried, he, he like, vanished and he left uh, France. He doesn't even live in France anymore. Gerard Depardieu because left his country because income of taxes. Ta yeah, yeah, yeah. Didn't want to pay. <laughs> he drinks like six bottles of wine. There you he go. Eats a stick of butter every twenty the minutes. Life. You see, he's winning. That's fine. I'm cool with that. <clears throat> but as far as like that that uh, penetrated my force field for content was uh, when. Steve Buscemi got the leading role on uh, Boardwalk Empire. Right. I was like, see, that's He's famous, though. If you break through, if you find a way through. That's what I mean. That's what okay. I'm saying. But try yeah. and find another dude from an. Like, he looks like a creepy dude, right? Mm -hmm. he gets, he, and I'm sure he knows this because he gets cast in those roles all the time. So I'm not breaking any news here. But for him to have the ability to sort of be the face. Of an entire piece of... Like, uh, the people are better looking on even the zombie shit right now. The Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Even than he was in the gangster. They could have cast somebody better looking, but they chose him. Like, he looks like a real guy that I would encounter. Yeah, there are a lot of beautiful people on that fucking Walking Dead show. That's what I'm saying. <clears throat> the, the pretty girl that has the Asian boyfriend. Mm -hmm. She just... She never gets scraggly looking. She Dude, always looks well fed. Her outfits... Like, I saw this outfit. You got to remember, I came, I watched the first season. Now I'm just starting again right now. I'm looking at her outfits. I mean, it it looks like you, you could have, that could be in a magazine right now. You know, that sort of like dirty, like look like. Mm -hmm. uh, like she uh, went hiking. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like the sock goes above the boot just a little bit. You know, it's like, it's way too thought out. I want to see fucking mayhem. Well, that's the thing about 28 Days Later, as opposed to like a television mm -hmm. show. 28 Days Later was fucking dark. Mm -hmm. And the monsters, the zombies, they were so much more terrifying. 
100 percent. it was a much more re- realistic scenario much closer and i was having this zombie discussion with uh with some people that i was watching with and we were trying to think about realistic realistic zombie movies and we couldn't even besides 28 days later and it doesn't even make sense to say realistic because there are no zombies but i mean closer to our interpretation of what that might look like well if we consider the different diseases that exist in nature the the different parasites that take over bodies Mm. the different i mean there are some incredible parasite host relationships in nature that are absolutely real yeah you know uh back to another podcast i was listening to about this the patient zero for for aids and when oh it, yeah that was radio lab yeah, yeah I, it, re- I listened to that one when it made the leap mm-hmm. from ape like the perfect storm of well the, the crazy thing is that it happened in the early 1900s right and it happened they used the cut uh hunter scenario cut so hunter, a hunter yeah. killed a chimp and That's the right. chimp had killed two different forms of monkey, and right. each one of those monkeys had a different amine deficiency virus. That's right. And those viruses combined mm-hmm. and made the jump to a person. Yep. They were the, it, basically it required the both of them to be able to replicate in a fashion that was that they were capable because the immune system is actually fairly sophisticated in both apes and us that will find find these kinds of issues and wipe them out. But this combination of the two of them had all the necessary information to build this super virus. Yeah. But uh, I re- I, when I was listening to that, I was like, man, any first of all, why the fuck are people killing and eating apes? That's a bad move. They've always been doing that. I though. know. That's happened forever. I know, but... You say it's a bad move, but when you're starving, well, I mean, they, they'll kill and eat anything. Right. I don't know. Uh, if you're gen- so that genetically similar, consuming mm-hmm. that tissue... <clears throat> that's a like they think well, it's problematic for yeah. sure but i mean you know that m- chimps regularly consume monkeys i mean it's a they huge do. part of their diet they do what? Oh, that's fucking crazy oh well it's it's so crazy they prefer the organs yeah so they eat the organs first which means they're eating the monkeys alive right they, they grab the monkeys and they eat them organs first there's a crazy fucking video of these chimps <clears throat> and they set up this very sophisticated hunting strategy where they have chimps that are like running forward, that are like pushing mm-hmm. these monkeys towards these other chimps. Yeah. And then they come in from the sides too and they capture them in the trees. Yeah. And they have this chimp grabbing this monkey, this colobus monkey, and the monkey's screaming. Mm-hmm. And the chimp is eating him from the hips first, just chewing. Still alive. And yeah. the monkey's just screaming, and the look in his face, it's so human-like. Mm-hmm. And so is the chimp. Mm-hmm. It's really hard to watch. But that's the harsh reality of, of the jungle. You know, there's just... And people live there, too, and they've always been shooting monkeys. Yeah. There's a new... that You listen to that radio lab, you yeah. know that there's a new virus that made a jump from a gorilla to a person. A guy who shot and killed a gorilla and has this... There's a new, like, patient zero that they were discussing. Mm. Like, if you wanted to find a patient zero, there's a guy that's infected with an immune deficiency virus that came directly from a gorilla. Hmm. What does that tell us about us, though? I, I, it's not us. It's them. I know, but it really freaked me out when I first when I first saw, heard <clears> about that. Like I remember vividly when I when I first found out about chimps killing other chimps or killing other uh, monkey monkeys, things that were really similar to them to to eat for food, whatever. Like that animal developed as a carnivore or a omnivore, right? Chimps. Yeah. yeah. Like what? What what is it 
what where where along the lines did they start eating other animals forever. and not just vegetate forever? forever? Yeah, I mean, probably with chimps, probably from the moment they became chimps. I mean, the idea being that animals, the, the, I think the current theory is there was climate change and that um, some form of primates experimented with different food sources. That's why some primates are still primary, primarily vegetarians. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the more intelligent ones were the ones that started experimenting Killing with meat. <laughs> yeah, because they had to, to for two reasons. It's it's also one of the theories that is uh, bandied about when they try to figure out why human brains develop so quickly. Mm-hmm. Like the human brain size doubled over a period of two million years, which mm-hmm. is apparently like the greatest mystery in the entire fossil record, according to some biologists. And one of the things they attributed to might be the switch in diet protein. from a strictly pre- – not just protein, but resources. Because in changing from a strictly plant-based diet, your digestive system had to work less hard because it wasn't processing as much cellulose. And there was more more resources available hmm. to think about how to get these monkeys and eat them or how to get these bugs or how hmm. to find these rodents or whatever the fuck they were eating and killing. And then also – the more intelligent animals were more effective. So the more, the animals that were more clever, that figured out how to use tools, that figured out hunting strategies, those are the ones that were more effective in eating meat. And it was sort of a, a combination, like a perfect storm. Like having less resources to deal with processing the cellulose and the plant fiber. And so your the, the internal organs actually changed and altered over the, the period of time. And in having less resources necessary to digest this plant matter, Matter, the uh, animal had more resources to grow its brain. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of weird shit that yeah, has a, to take place for and many, many years person to develop. Development and so on and so forth. But yeah, I just, I don't know. For me, when to see them in that kind of environment, to see how savage they could become yeah. and to know that that's our closest relative. Like whenever anybody talks about us sort of transcending our ape-like past and becoming... <clears throat> far more intelligent and not fucking killing each other anymore you you if you look to your closest rel- relative they're violent as hell that's true but isn't there like a spectrum when you think about like okay there's the people that live in the jungle that eat bush meat bush meat being they you know they'll eat anything, anything. they'll eat chimps they'll yeah. eat gorillas there's yeah. those people that are eating that bush meat but then there's also people here in America that are, you know, primarily vegetarian and mm. they're concerned with their impact, their carbon footprint. Mm-hmm. They're concerned with animal cruelty. They, you know, they use only if they have, if they do eat meat, it's organically sourced. Mm-hmm. They free range chickens for their eggs. There's like a more, yeah. more of a movement towards kindness than for sure than the monkeys and right. the chimps that are living that hard scrabble jungle life. oh there's no doubt that we're gentler than that and we're moving more towards <clears throat> it being gentle right in general yeah. so i mean that's that's the spectrum right isn't that the spectrum the people that are in the jungle still they're the ones that are still eating the monkeys right very few people go on hunting trips to go get monkeys but that's but though but that shit's been the source of uh <coughs> some of the world's most intense diseases mm-hmm. sure AIDS, Ebola, whatever, whatever it is. Well, also prions. They they carry. If you eat chimp brains, they yeah. carry very similar prions to the prions that like you get from like mad cow disease. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. AIDS. Where, where does it? They were able to find patient zero, but like, where does it actually come from? You know what I mean? Well, it's almost like nature's way of making the most savage amongst us evolve. <laughs> 
Because it kills forced, them off. Forced, forced evolution. I mean, yeah. think about what AIDS is. I mean, people would say, AIDS is God punishing the queers. That's right. Well, maybe not, but maybe it's nature's way of punishing people that eat similar animals to what they are. Yeah. And eating intelligent animals right. that are closely related to you in some strange way is how you develop those diseases. And one of the big ones is mad cow disease comes from... People forcing fucking cows to, to eat, eat cow brains. Yeah. Humans in New Guinea, especially uh, uh, cannibals in New Guinea, mm -hmm. have been observed having the exact same symptoms. Yep. It's called Jacobs Kritzfeld yep. disease. Yep. And it comes from being a fucking cannibal. Yep. It's like nature's trying to get rid of the people so fucking stupid that That's they're eating people. So, so crazy. So crazy. That genetically speaking, that those alterations can take place through particular activity. Yeah. You know? But it's almost like... It's set up. It's like nature's set up for you to figure it out. <laughs> if you look at today. Don't eat each other. In, in this day and age, what, what we're dealing with in the age of information and the, the amount of resources that we have today is the highest level of information that's ever been available to human beings as far as we yes, know. Yes, 100%. The best access to information that's ever been available. And in this day and age, people are generally moving towards a kinder, gentler way of living life. Yes. You know. I'm a hunter, and I take a lot of shit from some people that have these idealistic views of animals online, but I understand where they're coming from. My, my take on it is, if you understood animals, you would understand that the death by a hunter is probably the cleanest, easiest, safest death that any of these animals could go through, and these animals are going to die no matter what. You would also understand that the amount of protein that you can get from one deer or mm -hmm. one elk or one moose like that one animal dies and you could feed a family for a year i mean you, you shoot a moose you could feed a family for a fucking year They're that's huge. that's real i just shot a 900 pound moose I have 400 pounds of meat coming. that's <laughs> 401 pounds how does steaks. that work i always wanted to ask you that so you shoot the moose there's the meat like how does it you can't obviously hop on an airplane <laughs> Well, I'm having it shipped. I'm having so it shipped. It's very expensive. They f it must be frozen the whole way? <laughs> yes, it has to be frozen. So it's an... And, and it's so very difficult. So a lot of times people just take some of it back and they leave uh, it to the to the guide. Like I have a friend, my friend John is a guide up in uh, Alberta. Yeah. And he eats meat, moose meat all year round because people give it to him. But he also gives it to his neighbors. He gives it... They never buy meat from a store. They eat everything that they shoot or that their clients shoot. He's right. an outfitter. So he takes people to these hunting environments. And, you know, they have massive amounts of meat that come from these animals. And the animals die like that. You know, you, yeah, you shoot course. an animal with a gun, boom, they fall over. They don't even know people are there. And then all of a sudden they're dead. What does it take to take a moose down? Big rifle. Yeah. Yeah. Seven millimeter Remington Ultramag. Boom. Where do you hit him? The lungs is the best. Double lung because you want to eat the heart. You don't want to really? waste any of the organs. The hearts are delicious. Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> you want to eat? I'll show you photos. Yeah. You want to eat the heart. The heart is delicious. The liver is delicious. They're very nutritious. You don't want to ruin any of the internal organs. Some people don't eat organs. I like them. I think they're really good for you and they taste good, especially if you prepare them right. You always watch on those nature shows where like the lions will go for the organs first. You're very nutritious. Yeah. The liver especially. The liver dictates what wolf is the alpha male. The alpha male gets to eat the liver first. Really? Yeah. Yeah, when, when wolves take out an animal, there was a guy who lived with wolves, and he had this uh, weird fucking setup in this nature preserve where he was pretending to be the alpha male. And one of the ways he showed dominance is he would have a kill that they would place 
and he would put a liver inside of it, and he would pull the liver out and eat it in front of these wolves. Whoa. And then he would let them eat. That, that was how he established himself. And That's then, some gangster shit right there. <laughs> very gangster and very crazy because this guy wound up having to leave because he had to go and leave the preserve to help this local farmer who was getting his his uh, his animals were getting killed by wolves so he had to scare them off so they set up all these speakers and put these wolf sounds and what they basically tried to do was pretend that a larger much larger much scarier pack had moved in mm. and so they they pushed these other wolves off and he was gone for like a couple months i believe well when he came back the wolves no longer accepted him as the alpha so he had to beg for his position in the pack and the wolves were snarling at him and the new alpha was going to kill him and Jeez. so this guy was in like dire danger and he was whimpering and cowering and he had to completely submit. bow down yeah. and submit yeah. to this animal that was previously allowing him to be the alpha crazy but, but this this wolf in the absence of the alpha this wolf had taken over that's that hierarchy that social hierarchy that exists within a pack mm -hmm. that's got to be that's is that exclusive to wolves first of all no, it exists in chimps, exists chimps in gorillas, well. and it exists in a lot of alpha male and uh, Pred predatory yeah. animals. Not even just predatory. I mean, gorillas aren't predatory at all. Gorillas right. are vegetarians, right? They, but they, they have an alpha fight, male. They'll fight each other. Yeah, when you look at a gorilla's teeth, those are for defense. Those are those are for fighting. Right. They don't eat anything but vegetables. How do they become the biggest? Ape? Crazy, crazy. What was that ape you were talking about on on some other podcast? Bondo ape. Bondo yeah. ape. <clears throat> the Beely or Bondo ape. It's a, a it's an enormous chimpanzee, but not as big as a gorilla. No, not quite. Interesting, but really big. Nests on the ground like a gorilla, but there's very few photos, very few uh, like videos of them. They have. Skulls, though, they know it's a complete subspecies of the chimpanzee that actually has a crest on its forehead like a gorilla does. Like a gorilla has like, you know, like almost like a mohawk crest down mm -hmm. the center of his head and these enormous biting muscles. Hmm. It's, yeah, it's, it's interesting when like you have the long-term development of specific traits yeah. as an identifier, yeah. like your body is reacting to the social environment in a physical way, if give it, given enough time. Well, it kind of makes sense if you think about the variety of humans. I mean, they're finding, they're always finding like new species of humans. Like they found this really? new human that lived in Russia as recently as 40,000 years ago, complete subspecies. Like, you know, there's Neanderthal, there's Homo sapien, and there's that, that hobbit person they found yeah, in the island of Flores. Yeah. That fucking thing was alive 12,000 years ago, man. It's wild. 12,000 years ago, there was a three-foot-tall <laughs> monkey person. That <laughs> well, was, look, look at the variety just of people that exist right now. Yeah. Just yeah, that. Yeah. I remember, you, I remember uh, on, on, on a previous podcast, you were talking about uh, that MMA fighter, the uh, transgender MMA fighter, and then you also said, like, African-American <clears throat> females have the same bone density as, as un untrained males, like uh, men who don't. If you lift weights, men who lift weights have a, a higher bone density um, right. than men who don't lift weights. Right. And African-American females have a very similar bone density to white males who don't lift weights. That's crazy. Crazy, yeah. And so then you, you would assume that African-American males have... And higher even, bone density. And even thick, and even mm -hmm. higher bone density. Yeah, yeah. Bringing up the bringing up the question of like, 
Because the argument in that particular case was that she had a strategic advantage, right? Not just d- density. There's mechanical advantage, of shape course. of the hips, size of the hands, of course. size of the jaw, the ability to absorb punishment is right. different. It varies. But this, you know, the, also the argument can be made across the board. I mean, there are some men that are way more feminine, and if they transitioned to a transgender woman, they would be way closer to right. a, a, a biological woman than if, say, like Mark Hunt transitioned <laughs> to being a female. I mean, that's a tough sell you know take brock lesnar and turn him into a transgender person like you got a fucking tough sell but it's very problematic when whenever you're dealing with changing nature and trying to balance things out yeah that's that's the argument against testosterone replacement therapy testosterone replacement therapy was erroneously allowed and then they realize, like, well, what the fuck are we doing we're allowing guys essentially to take steroids Mm -hmm. the idea being that some people were unfair it was an unfair disadvantage because they didn't have as much testosterone so you allow them to take it but then guys were taking like fucking alien levels of testosterone Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i mean they 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 had one guy test at the average person has between 300 and 600 like for a really young healthy man Mm -hmm. milligrams to nanogram whatever the fuck the right but whatever the 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 measurement is but this guy had 1475 they, you know, and he was on the testosterone placement. Like, okay, you fuck, you know, like <laughs> ruin it for everybody. Just ruin it for everybody. You're juicing. You're taking steroids, yeah. and that's, you know, it's like some people have naturally high levels. Yeah. So, but there's also some people that have naturally low levels, and the argument is, some people are more athletically inclined. And there's some people that are just, they're just, whatever they do, they're so going to have this ectomorphic, like, pudgy body. Yeah. So, for a long period of time, presumably, fighters were fighting with testosterone, no problem. Well, they... Well, it wasn't even, it wasn't a thing that was restricted, right? I mean, adding it. It was always restricted. Oh, it was? Yes, always. Yes. Well, before they were being tested, this is the this is primarily speculations, but based on a lot of evidence from fighters, from first account, first-hand accounts of guys who actually did this, a giant percentage of MMA fighters in the early days were on steroids. A right. giant percentage. Right. Like a huge percentage. 90. <clears throat> Something crazy. Yeah. Okay, let's say, even if it's 60, that's crazy. Right, 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 you know? right. Um, And then they started doing urine tests. And urine tests are essentially an intelligence test. <laughs> All you have to do is cycle <laughs> off... By the time you weigh in on, you know, fight day yes. and or, or after your fight, and as long as you've cycled off, you have all the benefits of taking testosterone or whatever the fuck you're taking, and none of it shows up in the urine test. Then um, people got caught even during urine tests, and they're like, oh, okay, well, you fucking dummies, you have made us want to look deeper into this thing. And then they started doing random tests on people, and then they started catching a lot of people. And then they said, okay, what we need to do is do really heavy-duty, comprehensive blood tests. And that's what the UFC has started doing fairly recently. The problem is they're really expensive. They're doing that to comply with what? Not with anything. No one's asking them to do it. They're doing it because they want to clean up the sport, because the sport is a huge image issue and also from a safety perspective a person who's on testosterone say if you and a, another guy who are of the same age or the same yeah. body type your same weight and you decide to fight but your your opponent is taking all sorts of performance enhancing drugs it's conceivably possible and very likely that he'll be able to hit you more than you'll be able to hit him he'll have more endurance he'll be able to do more damage to you not always there's a lot of people that have been on steroids that have lost 
So even though they had an unfair advantage, they didn't have the skill level yeah. of their opponents, so they've lost. So here's a question for you. Then, in, in that scenario, what if both are on testosterone? Yeah, but then you're requiring people, essentially, to compete at a fair level. You're requiring them to take something that's going to fuck up their endocrine system. Because if you take testosterone, you don't need it. If you're a person in, like... You know, your your ball gets shot off in the war, you know, and, you know, you're not producing it. I mean, I'm just, that's so, pretty specific. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> okay. You know, you for whatever reason, and you, um, you are allowed to take uh, mm -hmm. a hormone. That's one thing. But if you're a person like you, who's young and healthy, and you just choose to do it to give yourself an advantage, and then you force your opponent to do it, to give him an advantage, you know, he has to do it in order mm -hmm. to keep up with you. The issue is his body doesn't need like extra testosterone. He's adding it to it. So your body's confused. Even though it's a performance enhancing substance, your body's confused as to why the levels are so high. Mm. So your body stops producing natural endogenous testosterone. That becomes a problem. And that's how they got around these tests for the longest time because they said, my client needs testosterone. Why? Look at his blood tests. And the blood tests showed a very low level of testosterone. What they didn't show is the reason why it was low is because he was taking mm. extra testosterone and it forced his endocrine system to freak out. Shut the endocrine down. system of the guy who's getting 1,475 is like, well, we don't need to make fucking testosterone. Right. We got plenty. Yeah, but see, uh, the argument being, <clears throat> I, obviously, I've heard it mostly applied to baseball. It, it seems like baseball was the big issue. They had guys in the courtroom and right. whatever it was. And then there was this counter argument, which, which was like, well, don't you want to see home runs? See, but that's different in MMA. MMA is, you're dealing with a sport that's primary objective is to damage your opponent. Right. And if you can give someone that lets them damage their opponent better, more efficiently, you, you're essentially allowing them to create a crime. I mean, this, that's been the argument by people who are clean, hmm. you know, athletes who don't take it. Like, you're, you're, it's like assault. Like, what you're doing is like you're hitting them more than you should be able to. You're cheating. Right. And in cheating, you're causing damage to your opponent, and you should be perhaps responsible for that damage that you caused to your opponent. Wow. Do you agree with that? Yeah, it's a, it's a very good argument. It's a, I mean, it's a logical argument. It's like many things in life, like the transgender argument. Yeah. It's not a gray, it's not a black and white gray. issue. Yeah. You know, I've always said that I'm in favor of men fighting women if the woman wants to fight a man. I'm Get if I'm in favor of people riding bulls. I'm in favor of people, you know, you want to wrestle a bear, psh, I'm not stopping you. Right. If you're a grown adult with a functional mind and you understand the risks mm -hmm. and that you want to do whatever the fuck you want to do, yeah. I'm, I'm, you want to do it, you go right ahead. I don't have any problem with it. But there's a, you know, you're at yeah. a disadvantage. Right. You know, if a woman wants to fight a man, there's no doubt about it. She's at a physical disadvantage. It doesn't mean that a woman can't beat a man. It is possible. It's most certainly possible that a woman who's highly skilled could beat a man that's the same size as her. Yeah. But it's also possible she get knocked the fuck out. You know, that's possible too. And there was a woman named Lucia Riker who's a famous MMA fighter. Would or you a watch it? Rather. Would you watch it? I watch everything, dude. I couldn't say I wouldn't. Watch really? It. I watch everything. You would watch, let's say, Ronda Rousey fight a man yes i would most certainly watch skilled it. an actual dude from the same weight class look i don't think she would fare well but if she wanted to do it and it was going to be on television i'll probably watch it i'm going to be honest wow yeah i mean it's what am i going to do i'm not watch it i don't know i don't know i'm, I'm just not, saying i would it. encourage it if I'm she called saying, me up and said hey what should i do i'd I say don't do it i agree with you that uh, it would be a tough 
a tough one for her, right? So because of that, I feel like I could already predict the outcome and I wouldn't want to see that. Maybe. Maybe she armbars the fuck out of that dude. Right. That's possible too. Right, but it's a dangerous maybe. Well, think about the early UFCs. When Hoyce Gracie fought Chemo, for instance, Chemo was far stronger, far larger, far more powerful yeah, yeah, in his yeah. ability to deliver strikes than Hoyce was. But Hoyce got him. He fucking had a war. He duked in it, but his greater skill level prevailed, and that was the essence of mm -hmm. what the UFC, what made the UFC so special. Mm -hmm. It was completely unfair. Mm -hmm. He had one, you know, quote unquote, professional fighters. So the word professional is a very loose term. <laughs> Some <back> technique. <laughs> I mean, Chemo most certainly eventually became a legit professional fighter, right. no doubt about it. But back in the day, he was a martial artist who was competing in the UFC. He was like 260 pounds, and Hoist was 175. I mean, Chemo was jacked. I mean, just jacked. <laughs> he came in carrying a fucking giant wooden cross on his back. I mean, the whole thing was craziness. So without a doubt, he had physical advantages over Hoist, but Hoist's skill level allowed him to prevail. Right. So if that's legal, yeah. why wouldn't it be legal for Ronda to fight a man who is her same weight? Well, I guess it's a, I guess there's a difference between le like legal. Obviously, I, I I don't think it should be illegal, but I guess I've just per personally I feel like I could very fairly accurately predict the outcome and then not want to see that outcome. Well, it all depends on skill level. So, like, let's take let's uh, take a for instance. Let's take a middle of the road MMA fighter yeah. that fights at 155 pounds yeah. and make him fight Cain Velasquez. He's gonna get <laughs> fucking steamrolled, but Let's take Hicks and Gracie when he was in his prime mm -hmm. and make him fight a guy who's the same size as Kane but doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. He did that before. When Hickson yeah. was like 19, he fought this guy Zulu who's this enormous fucking super muscular dude that Hickson fought in Brazil. And Hickson beat his ass twice. He got his back and strangled him. Right. He weathered the storm. I had this fucking giant guy smashing him and jumping all over him but he eventually used his skill level to defeat him. Yeah. So it's Skill level is relative. Yeah. It's, it's a huge issue in the contest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Physical... You gotta have the combination. Right. For sure. Right. I guess I just... It's it's interesting because they put... I was looking at the... Uh, what is it? Pound for pound thing. And they put Ronda Rousey on the pound on the pound for pound thing. What does she fight at? 135? Yes. Yeah. And so... You know, I don't know. That's I guess that's what stood out to me. Like, it doesn't even... It, I don't know. To me, it didn't make sense. Well, women's MMA, she's number one. Oh, I know. Hands down. Right. For sure. But, but she was in the list with the dudes. Yeah. See, that's tricky. It's tricky. I mean, it's very subjective. The pound for pound list is very subjective. Yeah. My opinion is Mighty Mouse Johnson's the best. Yeah. He fights at 125. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. when I look at, like, technically what he's able to do, right. I, don't, I don't think there's anybody like him in MMA. He does everything perfect. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people don't think of him as number one because he fights at... 125 pounds he's a small guy and you know they look at like john jones who's also elite i mean so good but he's 205 so you think of john jones as being the number one guy because he's knocking guys out yeah and submitting guys but demetrius is doing things perfect yeah, like if you scaled up demetrius <clears throat> oh my god <laughs> if you made demetrius if he can move the way he moves and he'd be 250 yeah. pounds he yeah. would be the greatest fighter the world right. has ever known right but some of it's rel relative too, right? 
Because is he facing the same competition? No, he's not. And he's also not facing the same amount of dangers. The amount of people that get mm. knocked out in the flyweight division is relatively small right. in comparison to the number of people that get knocked out in the heavyweight division. He's, he's holding on to a few extra brain cells. Yeah, there's a point of diminishing returns when it comes to the ability to deliver power. When you think about like what a 250-pound man can deliver and how much a 250-pound man can take yes, as opposed to what a 125-pound man can deliver and what a 125-pound man can take. Yeah, It's like... At heavyweight, man, when guys land big shots, even the best guys go down. Even Kane. Kane got clipped by one punch by Junior Dos Santos, yeah, and his legs that. went out, and he went unconscious. Yeah. At least briefly. That's just the reality of heavyweight fights. That's one of the reasons why heavyweights are so exciting. That's because they can end a fight with one punch. And that can happen at 205, and that can happen at 170. It's even happened at, at 125. I mean... Demetrius Johnson knocked out Joseph Benavides, who's one of the best in the yeah. world, period, in any weight class, with one punch. He just caught him perfect and knocked him out. The whole the whole knockout thing, like it seems like there's it seems like UFC's changed a lot. Right? In, in what in, way? Well, I don't know. I feel like I watched a card the other night, I think it was the most finishes in the history of cards. Yeah, that was Sydney. That yeah, was Australia. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that happens. That happens sometimes. But are, I don't. I don't have the statistics. Are are more finishes happening in general right now? Uh, well, they're they're rewarded for finishes, yeah. so people are encouraged to uh, get performance of the night bonuses. Yeah, be very financially beneficial right. to them. But you'll also have a card where every fight goes to decision. Yeah. You know, you'll also have a card where every fight goes to submission, which is much rarer, but can happen. Yeah. I guess it's just conceivably at least. Yeah, I guess it's just like it almost feels like a guy's career is tied into his ability to knock out. Maybe more so than being a well-rounded fighter. Well, it, like know, so, like guys who are exciting get get more fights mm -hmm. than guys who may be more skilled. Um, I don't know about all that. I mean, it kind of, but ultimately the cream rises to the top. The best guys, the full, the full package. Yeah, the best guys win. I mean, yeah. look, like say, like say a guy like Rory McDonald who was on the podcast yesterday. Oh, Ro cool. Rory is not a guy who like chases a knockout, but he's knocked a bunch of guys out. Mm -hmm. But he's just super skilled and technical, and he's undeniable. I mean, he's one of the top contenders, and eventually he's going to get a shot at the yeah, title. Yeah, but I heard him on an MMA podcast, and even he said that his most recent knockout was what he needed to cement the title shot. Well, it was a big win, too. He fought Tarek Safadine, yeah. who's a former Strike Force welterweight champion, mm -hmm. and destroyed him. Right. Just beat his ass. So it was a definitive, exciting yeah, victory. That's what I mean. Yeah. That's what I mean. Is it's a it's a better story. Travels well, farther. What sells? You know, it's a yep. lot of it what sells. Yep. Like there's so many guys in that division. Matt Brown, Robbie Lawler, Hector Lombard, and these guys are fucking ferocious. <laughs> There's so many ferocious guys in that division. It's you got to sell yourself. So you would say you climb the ladder faster if you're knocking guys out. Well, if you're exciting, but you, yeah. it could be submissions. You know, Damian Maya climbed the ladder fast by submitting people. Hmm. It's it, it really depends entirely on what the route it is, and also like who you beat. You know, if you go in there and you beat a guy who's not that good, but you knock him out, that's not as impressive as if you go in there and you knock out Anderson Silva. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just. Do you think that McGregor deserves the hype? Everybody deserves what they get. <laughs> so, yes. Everybody deserves what they get. Whether or not he's the best in the world, that's to be determined. But he gets people excited. Right. And that's a big part of what the sport is about. When we were talking earlier about charisma and teachers, mm. like teachers having the ability to be excited about the Critical. subject matter and it makes people drawn to them. Yep. Well, in MMA, the ability to get people excited about watching you fight is 
it's an aspect of fighting. It's yeah. it's it's a it's a variable. Mm-hmm. And you know, to say that Connor doesn't get why do you let them talk then? How about we never <laughs> let fighters talk? You know, how about we never do post fight interviews? It's <laughs> right. obviously a part of the entertainment right. package of you want to follow a guy, you want to know who he is, and then there's some guys like John Jones is a perfect example. John Jones is spectacularly talented, but People don't like him for some reason. And I've speculated that some of it might be racism because he's this young, cocky black guy. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of people that disagree with me and they say, no, like they think he's fake. They think his personality sucks or they think that, you know, he does too many stupid shit, stupid things that are contrary to this Christian image that he's trying to sell. Yeah. And there's a lot of variables. But the reality is Conor McGregor puts more asses in seats than the number one pound for pound fighter in the world. Yep. That's fucking crazy. Yep. John Jones is beating fucking everybody, man. He beat Ryan Bader. He put Leota Leota Machida to sleep. He beat uh, Gustafson in a fucking unbelievable war of attrition. He, I mean, he's beaten everybody they put in front of me. Submitted Vitor Belfort. You can go on and on and on. Mm-hmm. His list of accomplishments have been spectacular. Connor knocked out Dustin Poirier. That's his best fight. <laughs> know. You know, knocked I out know. Diego Brandao. You know, I mean, the good, good fighters, but they're not. That's not Jose Aldo. He's not yeah. destroying Jose Aldo in the first round. Yeah. So it's like. What what is it about? Do you fear that if it moves too far in that direction, that it becomes more of a show and less of a contest? No, because there's always a guy like Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez doesn't talk much, beats everybody's ass. Right. That guy, you you can still beat your way to the top. Yeah. If if Conor McGregor, you know, wasn't skilled, he wouldn't be getting as much hype. Part of what is hyped about him is that he's the perfect combination of things. Mm -hmm. He's an intelligent trash talker who's also highly skilled. And his results have been pretty goddamn impressive. Yeah. Whereas Kane, Kane is huge just because he's awesome. I mean, do you even, I mean, no one can even recall one thing that he said that's been like (laughs) captivating. But when he beats your ass for five rounds, this fucking unbelievable (laughs) storm of punches and kicks and knees and takedowns and this never ending gas tank. That's what makes Kane special. What yeah. makes him special is his fucking skill level, period. Yeah. End of discussion. Same with Mark Hunt. No one's getting all fired up about Hunt's personality in interviews. You know, I mean, he feels awkward on camera. But man, when he fucking launches a left hook and shatters dude's jaws and sends him flying, that's that, what people get excited about. That works too. I guess yeah. it's just I guess it's just interesting that how the whole uh, social social media structure has in every facet increased the importance of how, of your public behavior mm. like once like once upon a time athletes that was just not even something they had to consider right it's you true. know yeah. and, and now you're not just training at the gym you're training with the the pr person mm-hmm. who's trying to help you get the most out of every tweet well it's also the the difference between a person like who the person actually is and their public persona right. that's eroded right like you get to know who they really are like if you if someone makes some like really offensive or really ignorant tweets and they put on like you go oh well that guy has these thoughts yes. you know yes. like the guy from orange is the new black what is his name jason silva is that his name the guy from oh silverman silverman yeah like i read this article saying that he was ruining the show for them because his tweets are so stupid and uh, I, I was reading his tweets. I love that headline. They, they are really dumb. His tweets are really dumb. Wow. They, re- they are really dumb, his tweets. But it's fascinating. Dumb in what way? Like it's, it's that stupid shit. It's like, wow. we could pull them up. But no, I don't know. 
I just, was, I don't is he offending people? It's not very bright. Wow. They're, 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 they're goofy. All right. Ignorant kind of tweets. Okay. I mean, maybe he's not, maybe he's just not put a lot of effort into it. Maybe he's just, <laughs> you know, sometimes people tweet shit and they just write it down. Yeah. And they don't expect it to be like scrutinized. And there's that possibility too. You know, or maybe he's not aware of how goofy a, a hundred and forty. So did they ask him off. to stop tweeting? I don't know, but oh. I know there was a guy on ESPN that actually there was a story that I tweeted the other day that he got suspended off Twitter because he was arguing about evolution, arguing for evolution Whoa. with some other baseball player, and ESPN denied that that was the reason why he got removed, but. What the fuck else could it have been? He was arguing with this former athlete who's like nuts, who believes mm -hmm. the earth's 10,000 years mm -hmm. old, one of those motherfuckers. Right. And he got suspended. Like, the fact that ESPN can suspend you from Twitter, and ESPN says it has nothing to do with that. Yeah. Well, then you tell us what the fuck it has to <laughs> right. do with, because none of the shit that he said right. was offensive. Right. He was talking with no swears, no insults, talking about science and how important science was, talking about transitionary fossils, talking about the reality of evolution, this is the evidence, and they suspended him from Twitter. So what else would cause them? To suspend him from Twitter. What the fuck could you do outside of tweeting that would cause you to be suspended from Twitter? And how the fuck does ESPN suspend a guy from Twitter? Not, not a, a part of their marketing plan. Well, you know, they're saying that they own you. Yes. They own your thoughts. Yes. They own your ability to express yourself. Yes. Do you, there is a connection between the sports fan and religion, though. How many thank gods coming out? After a fighter wins or someone wins the Super Bowl or... Maybe, but this guy was pretty clear about... He wasn't saying that there was no God. Oh. He wasn't saying... He, was, he wasn't anti-religion. All he was saying a, was he was pro-science. Those, those that disagree with the concept of evolution or whoever it was he was arguing with, that's still a large percentage of the public. If that's really what they're going for... No, no, I, I'm obviously... You know, I mean, obviously I you're not. No, I, yeah, I know yeah. how you are, but yeah, I mean, God damn it, ESPN. Right. Jesus fucking Christ. I mean, that's just like, how many times does it have to be explained over and over and over? How many biologists have to yeah. come on board? How many times <laughs> does evolution have to be explained? Well, I don't know that they need to believe it. I think that they're just more worried about satisfying the audience, an audience, a segment of the audience that they might have. What the fuck ever? It's just so depressing that a, a sports network could actually have issue with a guy who's talking about I agree, facts. I agree with you. And beyond that, it's his Twitter account. Exactly. Yeah. But it's not. Oh. If you, if you, I mean, it is his oh, Twitter account. Oh, okay. But if you work for ESPN, it's not your Twitter account. You're their right. bitch. You're right. their bitch. And yeah, that's, that's, that's a common thing. They tweet for people that are on television shows. When I was doing a show, they asked me, they wanted to take over my social media. Get the fuck out of yes, here. Yes, they did. And I told them to go fuck themselves. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? Who even asks you that? Dude, Who? I won't say. No, no, not a name, but, but like. This is a company even? that I was working for, a network that I was working for, that wanted to take over my, they wanted to tweet for me. And I said, you can go fuck yourself. <laughs> you can't tweet for me. If you, he, if you read a tweet, it's, the only time a tweet's not from me is when it's an auto-upload right. of of a YouTube video when it says just uploaded blah 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 that's not coming from my fingers on the keyboard but it's coming directly from someone who works for me who's only tweeting something through uh, automatic yeah, upload there's of a little checkbox exactly. that just says yeah, yes this tweet video's, this yeah exactly and just to let everybody know the video is getting uploaded. It's mm -hmm. not opinions it's not facts it's not you know interesting articles or stories that I find fascinating it exposes though it exposes the whole 
deficiency of that traditional medium, how they can just sort of dangle it. You know what I mean? How compliance is such a huge part of it. Well, you know what happened with uh, Joan Rivers, right? Oh, shit. The endorsement? That, yes, after yes. she was dead. Yes. There was an iPhone endorsement. That's creepy. Like, what the fuck is that, is that all about? Very, very creepy. How disgusting. I saw that come up. Ew. <laughs> so that's one of those that's things bad where look. you don't realize. You don't that's realize. A bad look. I've for been Apple. accused of that. I, you know, there's a thing called UFC Fight Pass that allows you I to love watch fight fights. Pass. I love yeah. it too. Yeah, 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 and yeah. I was using it. I'm like, man, Fight Pass is fucking awesome. Yeah. I love this thing. Yeah. And I tweeted it because it was. And people are like, you shill. How much did they pay you for that? Like zero. Uh, they didn't pay me zero. Right. You can't like anything. Can't. Well, I can't like anything that's UFC related. Yes. for Sure. Yes. Which is which is weird. What's good? This is, is what's it? good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because people are, they're checking up. They, they, they're, they're questioning things. They're not just accepting things for face value. They're assuming that some fuckery is around. And even though they're wrong in some circumstances, I like the fact that they're but scrutinizing it's a bad, things. But it's a bad investment for you. For me personally, yes. I eh, mean, but no. not really because I can talk about it. No. Oh no, no, no. I'm not. It's a bad investment for you. What did I? What did I mean to say by that? Like, you can you can go out there and talk about something that you like, right? But the second that somebody can point out that maybe you are influenced in some way, that mm-hmm. they have they have a case, right? Right. And but if you allow if you allow that to happen, right? If you allow them to respond, like, do you respond back to them? No, no. You, but on here, maybe. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm saying it right now. Yeah. I mean, on Twitter, if I did that all day, that's the people that I'd be responding to, and that would make yeah. people gravitate towards criticizing me, so that I would respond to them. I mean, that's the trolling trap, right? Yeah. They criticize you, so they get you to try to react to them, <laughs> and they go, "Hi, ah, you reacted. I won." I mean, that's what it is. The I mean, game. It's well, it's, and there's legitimate criticism that's interesting you know that like mm. you, got, you got to take into consideration mm-hmm. there's people that have a perspective that maybe even if you don't agree with you can see their point of view and maybe adjust with you what you're projecting so that you're more clear with your original intention or, or your your actual intention there's people that get things wrong they you know and that's also a fucking especially when it comes to twitter it's 140 characters, and yeah, it's it's, it's typing. You're missing inflection, social cues. Yeah, yeah. There's so much that's missing. Context. There's yeah. so much that's missing. Yeah. It's such an. That's one of the issues that I have with blogs. Like you can write a bunch of really harsh shit in a yeah. blog, but while you're typing things out, like a conversation is a real way to communicate yes. things. And when you're typing things, you can, you know, you're you're missing all sorts of social cues and context. You're missing who is that person that's writing that. I want to see your fucking stupid face yeah. when you're writing this yeah. or when you're saying this. I want to see someone challenge you on it and see what your response to the challenge is so I know who you are as a human and I know whether or not to take your ideas into consideration. So then what's the consequence of people communicating less this way? Mm. and more through their thumbs a lot of confusion for sure there's there's and also the ability for individuals to draw the conclusions that reinforce what they already think yes which is a problem it's definitely a problem and it allows people to have careers that are social retards you know allows them to express themselves in this really distorted way and basing it on their preconceived notions of what this person is and this is the result i would like to draw so i will write a you know Mm. fucking thousand words on this yes 
the internet has allowed for individuals to hide in, oh, sure. in a way that they were never capable of before. You just get around a group of like-minded individuals and jerk each other off all day long, mm-hmm. and you're gold. Yes. Well, there's a really interesting article that I was reading about this this guy who was a part of what, this like skeptic community, and he disagreed with these other people in the skeptic community, and this woman who's in this community had written some blog criticizing him, and he said that he was going to be at this certain conference. He would love to discuss it with her, and she wrote, do not approach me at this conference do not say and he was like well, you wrote 14 different <laughs> blogs mentioning me and i can't even say hi to you mm-hmm. and then another man said i am also going to be at this conference and if you come near me and talk to me i will have the conference organizers the alerted will be and, called but it's like you're a vo- you're a social retard and you're admitting you're a social retard because you're willing to communicate about this person you're willing to you know call them out or, you know, uh, fucking publicly shame them or whatever you're trying to do with your written words. Right. But as, as far as like actually communicating, like human beings were n- naturally doing before the internet, mm-hmm. you don't want any part of that. Right. Like you want to be able to criticize them, but not communicate. You want to have more control over the discourse than you should be allowed. Well, you also want to define reality. Yes. You don't, you don't want reality defined. You don't want that person to be in front of you and go, I never said that. Like, that's not what I mean. You know, that's not what I mean. What you're doing is reinforcing your own narrative by distorting reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, 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 social anxiety, uh, high school all over again. You know what I mean? That's what they're trying to avoid. They're mm-hmm. trying to avoid confrontation by creating confrontation in, in a, a literal way, in, in a way where, you know, in, in, in a written word way, an insulated way. That's why and that, then they put it on a blog, preach yeah. to the choir. Anybody who disagrees, ban them. Anybody who disagrees in the comment section, ban them and create this fucking echo chamber and yeah. it's so unhealthy and that's i mean that's a lot of progressive thinking today they, they'll call it progressive but it's like so closed off to any alternative points of view yeah you know i it's mean it's a progressive conservatism conservatism right it's like it's like a religion yeah in a lot of ways yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's in a lot of ways it's you know, this, more restrictive yeah than the alternative and also very unkind you know, one of the things about like a lot of progressive culture today is this call-out mentality and this, uh, you know, this, yeah, this I know. Uh, ability to uh, shame. I got something coming up, uh, a video that I'm doing for charity uh, this holiday season. It's for UNICEF. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it, but whatever. I Too already late. Did. I already did. Uh, and they approached me and they're like, listen, you know, this time of year, you're going to be showing off all the latest and greatest cool stuff for people to buy. Uh, would you be willing to unbox our survival box? They have a survival box, which is like fundamental things that can help people survive in shitty uh, parts of the world. Anyway, and immediately after I said yes to do it, I thought, oh, fuck, has UNICEF fucked anybody over? Right. You know, like, what did I just open myself up to? Right. Because there's this concern that like through association, even if my intentions were the best, that to the right person, I may have just added just the right amount of fuel for them to build an identity around my decision. That's so true, right? You have to be really careful when you attach yourself to any mm-hmm. organization. Very, very careful. So then now I'm reading the Wikipedia on UNICEF, and turns out that they collect, uh, in terms of revenue, like, like billions. Like They're huge. But on the positive side a way to evaluate a charity is to see how much money actually makes it Mm -hmm. to the people that you're supposed to be helping as opposed to like the administration like the the, uh, 
salaries of the people that work there, and 92% gets out to people. That's is, incredible. Which is pretty good. That's so, incredible. I, I mean, that's uh, probably the best I've ever heard. Is it? Yeah, I don't think I've ever recall. I don't recall anybody getting that much. Yeah. I've I've heard of horrible scenarios. Yeah, where zero or like eighty percent. Eighty percent goes to administrative costs. Twenty yeah, yeah, right, percent right. goes to chair. And that's like yeah. common. That's fairly common. Yeah. And they'll say, well, there's no other way. You know, you know, there's no other way around it. There's there's some pretty big offenders. Sketchy uh, yeah. charities out there. Yeah. yeah. If you Google the percentage of uh, money that actually goes to charity. There's some pretty harrowing numbers, and we, yeah. we've talked about it on the podcast oh, you have? before. Okay. Listed all the different oh, really? ones. Yeah. yeah, some of them are just disgusting. There's a lot of fake fucking charities, and people get involved in them. Like, do you remember when Wyclef Jean was running for fucking president of Haiti? No. <laughs> yeah, that's like that's like one of the the big uh, criticisms was that how much of the money was going like that he was trying to generate for his. Um, Campaign? He was trying. Well, he was trying to uh, benefit Haiti after Haiti got hit by that big earthquake. Okay, and they were, they found out that like a very small percentage of the money was actually going. How could that not to be Haiti. illegal? I don't know, man. I don't think there's actually like a legal number. So you, you know? can start a charity for a particular cause, have no interest in servicing that cause, keep all the money for yourself, and call it salary. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Like, that's a huge fucking problem, right? Yes, it should be. But uh, I think you can get away with some shit, man. Apparently. Yeah, that seems to be that seems to be the case. Yeah, Quake gains little. Wyclef can be found at uh, hip-hop artists. Uh, what was I saying? Uh, Quake uh, in Haiti. Little can be found of a hip-hop artist charity. And there's... Um, he was claiming that he endured a crucifixion after the earthquake when he faced questions about his charity's financial record and the ability to handle what eventually amounted to $16 million in Whoa. donations. That's yeah. so dark, man. Mm. Yeah. I don't know like how much actually went where or what. Obviously, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I know. He could be books. swindled by some dude that he was attached to who ended up misusing the funds. Yeah, it's possible. But somebody in that chain of command is a dark human being. This is what it says. The forensic audit, audit examined $3 million of the charity's uh, 2005 to 2009 expenses and found 256580 in illegitimate benefits to Mr. Jean. And other uh, Yaley board and staff members, as well as improper or potentially improper transactions. These included $24,000 for Mr. Jean's chauffeur services and $30,000 for a private jet that transported Lindsay Lohan from New Jersey Get to a benefit f- in Chicago that raised only 66000 So 50% of the money that the benefit raised went to Lindsay Lohan's <laughs> jet. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The audit considered it appropriate, though, for the charity to pay Mr. Jean $100,000 to perform at a fundraiser in Monaco because that was his market rate. So he did a fundraiser, and during the fundraiser that he organized, he got $100,000. He had himself paid $100,000 for a fucking fundraiser. Well, I'd like to be clear about this upcoming UNICEF video. They did offer me money to do it and i said hell no how about that it also found it acceptable for this yaley i guess what is the name of the benefit to spend 125,114 dollars on travel and other matters related to a 60 minutes report on wyclef's mission to help the people of haiti and his personal success story 
What? So what's the fallout for this? People think he's a piece of shit. Right. That's probably it. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know, man. So I mean, if if he generates all this money and more money goes to the charity than would have gone to the charity without him doing it, is that a benefit? Is that an inappropriate thing? It's... I don't know. I think him getting paid a hundred grand to do a fucking show when he's doing a chair. I mean, I've done fundraisers. You know what I get right. paid? Zero. I thought every that was the I'm, whole idea. Yeah. Every time I've done a fundraiser, I've gotten paid zero money. Yes. He got a hundred grand doing a fundraiser. That alone is fucking bullshit, you know? Yeah. That's bullshit. But that plays up the whole thing we were talking about earlier about how people want to attach themselves to something. And because of that, it's easy to prey on those individuals. I'm doing a charity. I help the poor. Don't yeah. you want a piece of that? Doesn't your th- th- doesn't your psyche require that that great feeling that comes through donation? Yeah, definitely, definitely. But the problem is with things like this. I think people are fools if they don't know that that's going to get out. Oh, you mean in his case? Yeah, yeah. You have to be a fool to n- not know that someone's going to find out you spent thirty grand on a fucking private jet mm-hmm. to fly Lindsay Lohan to do a benefit. <laughs> like what? How? What? What? Lindsay Lohan? <laughs> uh, huh? I'm confused. You know, you're not flying Nelson Mandela somewhere, all mm-hmm. right? Like what? What kind of an impact is Lindsay Lohan, a, a young pretty actress girl, going to have on your fucking charity for Haiti? Right. You're telling me that that money wouldn't have been better spent on Haiti itself? Like that seems crazy. Yeah, and this is one of the benefits of the distribution of information and things o- opening up. Is like once upon a time, if some charity's asking you for money, you have you literally there's no way to even look for that information. Sure, to to figure out where that money's going. So it's going to be it's obviously harder now to to hide those operations. Well, oh, yeah. in his case, yeah. Could you imagine what it would have been like just decades ago? Just to, to audit an organization that's a charitable organization. I mean, how many charitable or, charitable organizations over the years have been total frauds? Yeah. Just bilking money from people. Cash, too. Is there a standard number? I mean, do you have to have a certain percentage that is, like, I dedicated would, towards the charity me, for it to be Me, personally, just from, like, a logic perspective, if it, it would seem it would have to be half. No? Am I, cr- am I crazy? Does that seem reasonable? Yeah, well, even that, I mean, you think of UNICEF. UNICEF is fucking rocking with 98%. Is that 92. What I said? 92%. 90%, that's amazing. The crazy thing is, though, I still did the math on it, and they're so huge that that remaining 8% is still a big number. The worst, uh, there's a, a thing on uh, America's worst charities. America's 50 worst charities rake in nearly $1 billion for corporate fundraising. This is very fitting this time of year because these, these vultures, these vampires, they're out right now. <coughs> yeah. This is above, when they're coming after you. Above the law, <coughs> America's worst charities. Kids Wish Network, uh, millions of dollars. They only give up, said it's three cents on the dollar to helping kids. That's incredible. What, what the Children's Wish Foundation? Wish Network. Oh, okay. They're like a ripoff of the... And they, in 2010, they hired the uh, crisis management woman. I'm not going to give her name, but that did the BP spill that yes. helped them. Perfect. Disgusting. Problem. It's just, you know, there's so many vultures out there, and there's so many people that they want to make a lot of money being involved in charities. They're like, I, you know, I'm a CEO of a charity. I should be making what a CEO of a corporation would be making. Mm-hmm. Like, well, that's like that's counterintuitive. That's that goes against what everybody thinks of when they think of charities. Right. They think of you doing it for charity, like you're doing it. This is like you're doing it to help. How do you feel about charity in general? 
it's a great thing if it's real. Hmm. It's a great thing if it's real. I mean, if but it too, really can But benefit. too much of it could be a problem too, right? Too much charity in what way? Well, I don't know. Everyone always talks about like aid going to Africa and then mm. warlords and shit taking control of it and it only helping them maintain mm. their grip of on, of power and yeah that's kind of a different conversation oh right? i know i know it's not yeah like real charity is like red cross like when people need blankets and there's some sort of a disaster right. and they come in they give food and they set up a you know a food kitchen for folks that have you been, mean like char- charity here yeah lo- local charity well charity that you can audit hmm I see what you're saying. Charity where you know it's going to be, like if you watch like a soup kitchen line, like okay, that's real. Like there's these people getting <laughs> yeah, fed. Yeah, 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 yeah. I want to contribute yeah. to that. If you're sending money to you know fill in the blank, some, yeah, some country sending money to the Congo. Well, yeah, the yeah. U- the UNICEF one is to help people there in Africa, and that's the that's the weird part of it. Okay, so it's 92% is going to those people, but how much of it actually goes to Exactly. Oh, yeah. People suck. <laughs> and that's, I think that's the conclusion that we can probably draw somewhere around the Yeah. Like, whether it's from Ferguson or this fucking CBC guy that's beating chicks up or Bill Cosby drugging yeah. people and raping them. We have focused on a lot of negativity this podcast. A little bit. I feel like we could we could have done better. <laughs> Where's the optimism? It's too late. Does well, it? there's also the thing that when you're aware of negativity, it kind of when you expose it, it makes it much more difficult for that negativity I to suppose. prosper in the future. I suppose you're correct about that, right? So maybe in that case, our negativity was actually positivity. I would like to look at it that way. <laughs> Seems convenient. Like to, yeah, <laughs> I would like to say that we did some good. We we had some some discussions. We we highlighted some gray yes, areas. It's true. They need to be highlighted. Yeah. Yeah, you need to be aware. Well, it's also, what we're doing is, by doing a podcast, by talking about stuff, and by examining these ideas with as open a mind as we can, you're you're exchanging information, and that information gets people to think about these things, mm-hmm. and changes their perceptions in the future of what these things are. Mm-hmm. You know, like, we didn't know that there was a radio guy that likes beating the fuck out of chicks. We didn't know until that information got right. out. That guy was a big time radio guy right. in Canada for a long time mm-hmm. until the information got out that he was beating people up or beating yeah. women up. Yeah. So you in know? that in that case, you could you know the argument is that that information getting us getting getting out and then us talking about it is going to get to people who may have sure been like him. Right. Maybe they it would deter them from doing the same thing. I don't know. Right. And there's 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 a certain amount of positivity and justice. Yes. And, you know, when someone's doing what Bill Cosby allegedly did, drugging women and What do you think will them, happen with Bill Cosby? That's a good question. With this this guy, this Jean whatever the fuck his name is Gomeshi. guy going getting arrested, yeah. going to jail. Yep. Uh, I find it hard to believe that someone's not going to file charges against Bill Cosby. Yep. And I mean, it's just gathering steam right now. A, well, it's just a matter of how much evidence they have, well, how much evidence you need. Well, I heard that the issue right now is the, um, there's a restriction. What is it? The statute of limitations. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the age? The, that the, the the crime was more than 25 years ago, right? Am I right about that? 25? Mm. I don't know what the number is. That's tricky when you're dealing with a guy that's that old, too. Like, he probably doesn't fuck anymore. Did you see... <laughs> Right? I mean, he has to take Viagra to rape now. He, whatever. He's going to go way out of his way to rape now. Yeah. I mean, he's got the, he's got the, ingre- he's got the ingredient. He's taking the right vitamins. Probably. 
Uh, did you see the Associated Press thing yes. with him? Where like the little clip there? Ooh, it was, was that evil? Ooh, scary. The way he responded to it is like, we don't discuss these things, and I was relying on your integrity. Is that evil? Is you that pure evil? The there's a lot going on there, man. First of all, it's this elite royalty attitude. First of all, he gave them the royal, we do not respond. Like That's amazing, right? We. I'm talking to you, man. That's, you, a, that's a sociopath. We means, we means that he views himself as a character, right? Isn't that mm. what that means? What is, we means there's more than one of him. Yeah, what does that mean? We, the organization known as Bill Cosby. Yes. The artist known as Bill Cosby. Yes. The representative of the artist. The real version and the persona. He's admitting we, there's two versions. I have a team behind me. We do not yep. respond. And he kept saying integrity in this weird world. I will rely on your integrity. And I, uh, yeah. I relied on your integrity to not be like, that what the fuck always are you kills about, me. Man? What I always think about whenever I see any shit like that is how would I respond had I not done it? Right. Exactly. And, and I always think, I'd say, listen, get the fuck off my case. I didn't this hurt did anybody. did not happen. Yes, didn't do it. This did, I mean, I feel like I'd be on that stand or whatever. Yes. And I would not stop saying that this was not me. Exactly. But yet you never see that. Exactly. Why the fuck do you never because see that? they're guilty, probably. I mean, if you have to speculate, yeah. obviously I'm just guessing. Yeah. But if I had to guess, when... Look, if someone came to you and said, Lewis, I know that what you were doing is you were uh, duct taping dudes <laughs> and fucking their mouth while, after you drugged them. You'd be like, no, I wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't rape anybody in the mouth that you I drugged. Can't, you, can't you, can't. you can't fake that reaction. No, no, no. no the you, minute that you st it starts to be labored and it starts to be contrived, mm -hmm. you, you have to immediately say, what's the need for the show? Exactly. And there's also, there's such a, a large number of... <sighs> of people that he harmed it's not like which one cosby really yeah there's like 17 women now 17 oh yeah oh wow I, yeah. i'm not caught up on him 17 yeah yeah there's a lot wow there's a lot of and more apparently are coming forth Do you know what, what i they're heard? saying is he was doing this for decades yeah he had a system <laughs> I have three fucking daughters, dude. I yeah, mean, even if scary. I didn't, I have a mom. You know, even if I had no yeah, daughters, I, I love a lot of women. You know, I love a lot of humans that happen I to be know. female. The idea that someone can do that and that one of the people that I care about and love could somehow or another. How would you be, react? I don't want to say. You know, you, it would be if I knew ugly. where he was, it if I knew where he was physically. Ugly. If I knew where he was physically and he did yes. that to one of my daughters, yes. I'd probably be doing some jail time. Yep. And he would ha be in some sort of a full body cast. Yeah. I, uh, at a young age, I saw um, the movie A Time to Kill. I don't know if you've seen it. Which Who's in that? Matthew McConaughey. It's uh, before he started doing rom-coms and sold his soul to the <laughs> devil. <laughs> he was in the AIDS movie. Um, yeah. he's the, No, now he's a badass. But he was Mad Mike or Magic uh, Mike. Whatever. Oh, you're going back to ta uh, Channing Tatum. No. <laughs> Wasn't he, he in it too? McConaughey was in that oh, too. He's maybe. Magic Mike. See, I don't expose myself to that kind of thing. <laughs> but then he, but he recently did True Detective, which mm. did you watch True yeah, Detective? Yeah, it's fucking oh, great. Wow, it's fucking great. That's the next level. But anyway, yeah. I saw Time to Kill at a young enough age that it, it had a drastic impact on my life. Which the premise of that movie is um, Samuel Jackson. Do you remember this? Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. Do you remember the premise? <laughs> Barely. Oh, okay. So early on, um, it's like the early nineties, right? A black girl gets raped by a bunch mm -hmm. of hillbillies. Right. Did they kill her? Yes. 
Or they might... No, no, I don't think she... They killed her. They they damaged her irreparably. She would never have kids. They Ugh. raped her that badly. And so she might have been eight or nine in the movie. I can't mm. remember. And uh, and the, the father uh, uh, murders, murders the dudes who did it. You know, he kills them. Right. And uh, McConaughey's character, the lawyer, is arguing that that was... Just. Yep. Yeah. Well, remember that guy that... Um, there was a martial arts instructor that molested his kid. The guy got arrested, and they were taking the guy. The cops were taking the guy um, through an airport or something like that, and the guy jumped out and yes. shot him in the head. Yes, and got off. Got off. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. do recall that. Yeah, there's – you know what, man? I mean, there's certain shit that you can't do. Would any part of you, though, worry – this is a very difficult question. Would any part of you worry that the story you were getting – from your daughter would be untrue. If 17 other people said the same story. Time to die. It's time to break Cosby's arms. <laughs> Both of them. Wow. In many places. Well, there's 17 people. I think uh, if I, if that was my daughter, I would be so consumed with anger. I don't know if I'd be able to contain myself. Yeah. I would have to actively keep from being anywhere near him. Because if, if I fucked up and, I mean... There's something about victimizing people that's horrific. And I know. there's something about victimizing a woman that's particularly horrific and then victimizing a woman by drugging her and then doing what you want to do with her body, like taking away their humanity. They become like they become something that you use, like a fucking human fleshlight. You they're out cold. You drug yeah. them and then you you fuck them and like who I mean the like, the real question is, right? Like the 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 only thing worse you could do is beat them up. Or worse you could do is like physically hurt them irreparably. That's mm -hmm. the only thing worse. Like when you take away someone's ability to decide what they do with their body, you take away like a part of what makes them a human being. It's nuts, It's drugging them. Cosby. I watch. If that's real. I mean, obviously we're saying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. But, but you said yourself. It's, yeah. When it gets to 17. <sighs> It's not up for discussion. Yeah, and we, you know, you're not talking about a guy who cheated on his taxes. You're not talking about a guy who, uh, I mean, even awful things like drunk driving. He's a, 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 you know, like a repeat drunk driver. Yeah. Fuck, man. You know, it's horrible. But there's something particularly horrible about a big, powerful man who drugs women. Mm-hmm. It's terrifying. Mm -hmm. And it's also confusing to people because they're like, God, he's so famous. He doesn't have to. What's, what's the deal here? What's he, you know, why does it, he, he could have done it the, the right way and had incredible success, <laughs> right? Yeah. He was the man. Well, it's also, I think it, it fits that narrative that like, what is rape? What it really is, is not sex. It's, it's some power. So, yeah. It's yeah. power. And that's, that also goes along with that whole we shit, you know? Yep. I mean, the we shit is, we do not respond to innuendo. Mm -hmm. I would assume that you had the integrity, and I was relying upon your integrity. <laughs> like, what? Integrity? <laughs> it's creepy, man. And the guy who's interviewing him is, like, really intimidated, and it's like this weird moment. Yep. Why is that? Because he's not famous, and you know it's Bill Cosby, and you're around him, and you're not maybe maybe doesn't have a lot you're of experience. Gonna, you're going to lose your job, maybe. Maybe, but the I mean, at the time he didn't be. know probably what 
what the conse- what the fallout would be for asking that question. Well, what would you do in that situation if you were the guy <clears> who's <throat> interviewing him? Would you push it? Would you Am press I me that? or like who? You're I'm- you. You're you right now. You're oh, you, God. and you have some for some reason they give you a camera and they let you interview Bill Cosby. Holy fuck! And he wants to talk about his NBC sitcom. Anytime somebody, you get the feeling that somebody's deceiving you. Uh, you. I mean, me personally, I can't help but not give into that. I can't help it. Not give into it. You mean you mean to go the deception? After them. Yeah. Like I watch. Like I talked earlier about watching. Can't help not give into it. Give into mean- give into it in the sense that challenge it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I talked earlier about watching the first forty eight. Like my favorite part is the interrogation. Yeah. It's like it's creepy. It's the 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 the, the glimpse into the into the mind for a right. moment of how. The mind prepares to its, to defend itself from anything. The mind prepares due to self-preservation to say shit yeah. and do shit that makes no sense. That means they're tripping over the excuses in an attempt to save their own asses, saying things that they don't even believe. Well, that's why it's got to be particularly frustrating if you're innocent and a cop is like, look, I know you killed her. Yeah. You killed your wife. That's right. Like, what the fuck, man? That's right. Imagine but, being in that situation. But the same thing happens, like we said earlier, about what would your response be? It happens in those rooms, in those interrogation rooms. Right. Where you get an immediate vibe as a viewer- and I'm sure that the cops being experienced are the exact same way that a true, da- a, a true creepy, fucking skilled murderer is obviously the worst because of how how great of a, an actor they are, how great of, how great of a job they can do at exposing all the flaws in how you interpret them. Right? How they can preemptively figure out what your questions are going to be and already have the answers. And someone who has really planned out deception That's right. deep, deep in advance and is used to doing it on a regular basis. That There is no antidote for that. The only antidote for that is them eventually wanting to get caught so that they could say, it's me. It's always been me. So then they can be uh, on the front fucking page. That's the only point at which it, it comes out because... But then, but the you you also realize watching that show that those guys those guys are the shit that dreams are made of. Like there's one every fuck I don't know how how long true pure evil, but the vast majority of them are not skilled in that arena. Right. The vast majority of them are like fuck I don't know how this happened. Right. You know, they and and they'll try the defense their their defense in that state, but it's stumbly and it's and it's so obvious that they're they're just attempting to. You know, to spin to spin a web, and then so the the cops can figure out which path they need to take. Uh, to, but it, it's very it's very weird watching it because I at times I feel like a sociopath watching it. <laughs> Bro, Duncan calls it murder porn. Duncan I Trussell. completely agree. I completely agree with him because I watch it and I go, uh, you know, I, I know all the right answers. I'm skilled enough now. That's weird, right? You can yeah. like educate yourself watching First Forty Eight. That's right. <clears throat> Ugh. Do you think, here's a real question. Yeah. Do you think that as we get access to more information about each other and access to each other's thoughts, like literally mm-hmm. the, the, the come the point in time where 10 years from now and we can record our memories and our thoughts on some sort of a hard drive and have it be exchanged, whether it's 10 or 50 or 100, whatever it is, will we get to a point where we eliminate evil? Is that possible? Is it possible to get to a point where we eliminate 
things like murder, rape, crimes against people. Why would an openness uh, affect that? Consequences. Yeah, there's 100% consequences to your action. The only oh. time you oh, wouldn't... Oh, so com- in, in, in complete surveillance, Yeah, there's no opportunity to do it without getting caught. Yeah. Uh, what do you think about pedophiles? <sighs> pedophiles scare the shit out of me, obviously, because I have kids, but... Because, because, in, um, because I watched that uh, Louis Thoreau thing he did on yes. pedophiles. They don't have a choice. Some of some of them don't. Yeah, I think. Uh, Do you know a disproportionate amount are left-handed? Jesus. Yeah, disproportionate amount of pedophiles are left-handed. There's uh, there was an article in the New York Times that was arguing for pedophilia being uh, a mental disorder that can be isolated and 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 viewed. That you can you can actually hmm. figure out what went wrong, what genes went wrong, what what you know what genes. The final scene in that movie, uh, maybe not the final, but near the end in his documentary, sorry, call it a movie, is the guy that he's been going around with, the uh, basically his guide, the guy who's running the facility for the dudes who are responsible for pedophilia and whatever other sexual offenses. And he finally gets around to asking him the, the question because he has a little bit of an idea of the history of how he ended up in all this. And his reason for molesting or uh, raping his two boys was that his wife wasn't putting out. Oh, fucking Christ. His wife wasn't putting out, and the way that he was going to get back at her was to take it out on their two kids. Wow. I've heard of people doing that in terms of killing their kids, too. Yep. To get back at their wife, but they've killed their kids. Yep. <clears throat> yeah, there's some fucked up humans, man. You know? But in this particular case, the creepiest part about all of it was that the guy seemed way too normal. He seemed, throughout the entire uh, documentary, he was like the most relatable one of all of them. You know? Jeez. He was. He essentially was was driving driving him around. He was the one explaining. He was almost the narrator of the entire thing, with the exception of Louis himself. Right. And uh, it's almost like the dude. Uh, you know, you have your traditional uh, mindset of like what what a pedophile is like. Maybe they were molested themselves, or mm-hmm. they can't help it, or whatever. But in this guy's case, it just seemed like a fucking psycho. Well, I think when we think about what what entails like what what ingredients are involved in creating a human being mm-hmm. there's so many variables so many situations that come up so much information that gets passed mm-hmm. from birth to whatever crime is committed mm-hmm. from birth to shooting up a school mm-hmm. there's so much going data. on so there's much so data. much data and it's so difficult to 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 discern like what is it that causes someone to become a murderer what is it that co- becomes that causes someone to choose a life of crime or to become a rapist or to do to do anything that harms you what what where does it go and how can that be prevented and 
just becoming you, okay? Becoming a nice guy, becoming who you are. Like, think about all the fucking variables that are involved in becoming you and what could have gone wrong, all sorts of things along the way. What drugs could you have been introduced to? How many times could you have been dropped in your head? What things could have gone wrong that have but how did this taken you completely off path? How did this guy soak in just and stay? How did he fake it so long? Is he faking it or is he broken? Does he is he lacking well, empathy? Is he missing so some he was, sort of a social? So if he was broken the whole time, he had people fooled for years. He had enough time to be normal enough to not uh, exercise those thoughts he was having. I guess if we want to make the argument that he was always like that, but in his particular case, the thing that affected me more than any of that was that oh fuck, I feel like this guy just snapped. I feel like this guy wasn't broken. That's not possible, though. Think about you. What what could your wife possibly do to <laughs> no. you to get you to fuck your kids? <laughs> Please. You know what I'm saying? I yeah. Mean, it's not possible. I, There's something wrong along the way. Maybe it's some sort of uh, inability to recognize his own actions and a, a non-introspective quality yes. to his life, a block that he put up early yes. on in life. I mean, yes. There's, you're you're completely correct in the sense that there's probably more to it. But I think the scariest thing to the regular person is he's too regular. Yeah. That's scary. I don't part. even know the guy, and you're describing him to me. I didn't watch the whole document. I went on a Louis Thoreau um, marathon before which he was is, on my which podcast. Which is very easy to do because he's fucking awesome. He's really yeah. awesome. He's a really interesting guy to talk to, too. So I watched the Fred Phelps one, and I watched the African hunting one. I watched a whole series of them. Mm-hmm. So I didn't watch that whole one. So I don't know that dude. Yeah. I can't. I don't but know if I would even recommend to watch it, but just because of that, it's really, it's it's intense, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, what goes into creating a you? I mean, what, what I mean, when I say you, I mean, everybody who's listening, mm-hmm. think about all the things. I think all the time about what made me me. Yeah. You know, the, the idea of determinism, the idea of all the variables, your genetics, your environment, your... The input, your life experiences, your successes, your failures, your lucks, your zigging when you should have zagged, your mm-hmm. hitting the brakes and a meteor lands in front of your car. I mean, there's so many fucking things that happen in your life. And one thing that goes awful early can send you down a bad road, which could send you to another awful thing, which yeah. could send you down a bad road. It's like a... Uh it's like you know many dimensions playing out in front mm-hmm. of you like the the potential the potential outcome of every single event and, and the effect of that and impact and it, it makes you really question our, everything our existence as a whole the, the possibilities of that you know what also makes you wonder is it possible to ever completely socially engineer the human race is it possible that we could get our shit together 100% right. and have no evil and no crime and no rape and no murder and all done we're done we're good <laughs> we're all utopia now we're all just kumbaya and hugging each other and smiling to our neighbors because the whole world's our neighborhood now. I think we are so addicted to conflict that we'll find a way to fuck it up. But are we Are we always going to be? This is the question. Are we the same thing today that we will be a million years from now? Or are no. we just like those monkeys that came down out of the trees and started experimenting with new food sources and yep. started eating meat? And 
We'll find other people to do it for us. We'll find other things to do it for us. A million years from now? Do you, isn't it possible that we can evolve past this? Like, we have evolved, at least in this room. Yeah. We have gotten to a point where I'm not worried about... I, we could all go to sleep together in this room. I'm not worried about it. Either <laughs> if you guys hit me in the head with a rock. You know what I mean? Yes. But if we were living in the Congo, that could be an issue. If we were living in the Congo a million years yes. ago, that could be an issue. I suppose for me, what I fear more than... The, the people around me is the and their decisions is the proliferation of negativity in general right why the fuck does this terrible shit spread like wildfire why is the news the news <clears throat> we well, we all still want it we just don't want to participate in a physical way but don't you think like w this this riot thing that's going on this closing of highways all across the yeah, country yeah the good in that of course is that there are so many people that regardless of whether or not the narrative fixes the facts what they want to do is they want to stand up for inequality and they even if it's not actually inequality they want to stand up for and it most certainly is in some way because this guy no matter what whether what horrible things he actually yeah. did do he didn't grow up in your neighborhood he didn't grow up in my neighborhood yep. okay i i got a fucking pretty sweet life yep. i skated through the difficulties that i had only made me a better person yes. here i am in 2014 with no fucking criminal record n never hurt anybody everything's fine cool you know what i mean this guy good for you man did, thank you very much this guy didn't you know he no. didn't his scenario was vastly different than yours and mine. Yeah. So whatever played out that allowed him to get in front of that cop, I think what people are standing up for is not just police brutality. They're standing up for this recognition that there is inequality in the world of and course. it needs to be addressed. Of course. That's one of the poorest areas in the country. Yeah. yeah. It's fucked. Yeah. I was looking at like crime statistics the other day and like adjusted for population, like that is a fucking war zone. With or without this police shooting, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's ultra poor, and I, I know that the reason people are attaching themselves to it is inequality, and it's unfortunate, I guess, that it takes this particular set of circumstances to have that conversation, but uh, ultimately, you can't really have a healthy society when there's the, that level, that disproportion between people who have stuff and people who well don't. you also can't have a society that's 350 million people <laughs> in general i mean how how are you gonna organize 350 million people it it's a it's amazing that it works at all to be honest is there a poor community anywhere mm. where the crime is low it's a great question i think i don't know how much of it is about being poor in general and and how much of it is subjective like the if being poor in america means being poor relative to the richest people on the planet right that's a different ball game than being poor in india i know well, maybe not because now there's rich people there too but being poor in an environment where everyone's poor are you really poor do you know what the one percent of the world is you know what how, what the the number is that you have to make to be in the in the global the one top one percent. Oh yeah, it's l way lower than people think, right? Well, yeah. What would you think it would be? I feel like I'm cheating because you may have mentioned it before. Okay, go ahead. Was it something like forty thousand or thirty five? Thirty four. Thirty four. Yeah. Anything more than thirty four thousand dollars, and you, you are in the top one percent of the world. Mm -hmm. Privilege. Woo. Enormous privilege. Enormous privilege in yeah. this country. Yeah. Enormous privilege. 
That's a that seems like like whoa like that strengthen the borders increase the military <laughs> it's impossible to overcome that number like okay we're we're dealing with it. I thought we we're gonna fix the world but uh, listen I'm 47 I don't see a whole lot of time to do this so let's just fucking live in a gated community and get a gun that's you know that's how do you de- how do you psychologically deal with that um you with, know, you pr- with keep the, on keeping on the idea of privilege what can you do. What can you do? I mean, it's I real. Know. It's real as it gets. It's there's no doubt about it. There's do you some ever people feel guilty about it? And, can't feel guilty about where you are. I mean, I would feel guilty if I victimized somebody. Can't feel guilty right. about being born lucky. Well, like you can. I mean, can you feel guilty about I, being I, born lucky? I, I, I don't. I feel bad for people who aren't born lucky. Right. I see what you're saying. It's but a it's, little different. But yeah, look, Bill Cosby, if he did it, should feel guilty. Yes. You know what I'm saying? You shouldn't feel guilty that you are you know not a woman that's being raped yeah oh, shit. do you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i don't i'm guilt might not be the right word but uh there are days where i feel lucky right you know i feel lucky every day yeah so what's the the what's the what's the other end of that you know I, I, maybe guilt is not the right word but there are people who wake up every day and feel shitty right and so i guess i don't feel guilty but i don't feel great that knowing that the vast majority of the planet isn't but then again, what the fuck is happiness, really? Well, and then well, the other thing is, how much money mm-hmm. is it relative? Like, how much money yeah. does the vast majority of the planet need to live their lifestyle? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what, when you're talking about poverty, are they well-fed and happy? Mm-hmm. Because... Yeah, I know. That's one of the things about Mexico. Like, they were ha- poor they, people they in Mexico. Happy. Mexico is, like, one of the happiest countries on the planet, apparently. Wow. With all the drug lords and all the consequences of that. That's but those amazing. people don't get happy. Those people <laughs> are really unhappy. The people yeah. that have to deal with the drug lords. It's but, always. It seems to always be a question of contrast, really. It's mm-hmm. like, uh, I always come out, I come out here to LA and, and, and I'm amazed at how every single day is exactly the same, like from a weather perspective. Oh, yeah. Like I left the apocalypse back home to come here. <laughs> and it's like... It could be July. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're there's, in November, and it's no, July. Yeah, there's no time. The only thing I will say is it gets dark incredibly quickly, especially being by the beach. It's like in 20 minutes because we're trying to shoot videos and stuff. It's like, whoa, where did the sun go? But um, that's because that stupid daylight savings nonsense. Whatever it is, but 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 regardless, it's like it's always a question of contrast. It's like the good <laughs> is better relative to the bad, right? Right. It's uh. It, it, you you need the bad to have the good. You need the sad to have the happy. That's the idea of yeah. being a human being. Yeah. The, I, the the question is, will we ever evolve and grow to the point where that is not necessary? And would the universal where, mind in created that, by technology, would that be the facilitator of that s- new mindset? So in that scenario, is there emotion? That's a good question. There can't be. There might not be. There might not be sex. I've always said that about robots or about, uh, rather, aliens. When you look at aliens, what do they have? They have no muscle. They have no yep. sex organs, big heads, no Brain. mouths. Like maybe they're, Brain. I mean, maybe they've found a replacement that's better than sex. Yeah. The real alien is just the brain hooked up to something, right? Mm. It's not even, there's no physicality at all. Right. Well, maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's just some sort of artificial intelligence that it gets downloaded into a body, and the only thing that's necessary is that the body has fingers yes. that can articulate and move in a certain way. Yeah. Matrix-type shit. I, I saw a, an article making the rounds on my Twitter about how people are getting um, neck problems from their smartphones. Oh, yeah. Looking down. Looking yeah. down. And the uh, how posture and the weight of the head 
the amount that the cervical spine has to hold up beyond what it was designed to do and the like drastic number of consequences because of that. Oh yeah. Uh, and it really makes you wonder like the sedentary lifestyle, like everybody works on a computer. Like who the fuck, what profession doesn't require a computer or smartphone? None. Lumberjack. <laughs> All right. So lumberjack, you're safe, but the vast majority, especially in the expanding <laughs> sectors are required to interface in a weird way with a monitor and in a posture that is not is not uh, our bodies weren't designed for. So, That's why we we started using these chairs. Yes, which Ergo Depot chairs. Which I still feel like didn't fix me at all because I've been doing this the entire time. But it's time. still that is better than the slump. Like right. you're leaning forward and supporting yeah. yourself, like your elbows on the table. Yeah. That's not as bad. Another thing they do is they have these chair or these tables rather that you stand and they stand with you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Standing desk. I have a, yeah. I have one, a motorized one. Yeah, we just got one. Ergo, oh, you got one. Ergodepot.com. They sent us these chairs. Oh, right. They sent us the desk. Shit, they might be the same guys who sent me the desk. I'm not 100% mm, sure. Good yeah. Jar Is it a Jarvis? A Jarvis desk? Mm, no, I don't think. Mine's called a Vert desk. Dude, these chairs are the shit. I, I was using this other one, the Sally chair, but it hurt my balls. And really? Yeah, it was, it's like it's split down the middle. I think my balls are still hurt from that chair. <laughs> it's not good, but this but, one's much better. But even with all the equipment and stuff for us to like uh, adjust our bodies into working. Still not natural. And, and it seems to be continuing to progress in that direction. <coughs> so you have to wonder, it could, could there be a physical, uh, what's the opposite of evolution? Devolving? Devolving. Could be. F physical devolvement. And then if you extrapolate that and push it way out, then it all, all of a sudden becomes the, 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 the body is a, is a problem. Like the body is just in the way. Or this could be an immediate, intermediate step yeah. in some new technology that doesn't require you to be at a desk or look at a phone oh, or have some sort of a... So we can protect the physique? Yeah. Or mm. your, your frame. You know, just <laughs> your, your, own, your body itself. Like, yeah. Sitting is the new smoking. Oh, is that what they that? say? You haven't heard that? No. Yeah, that's what they say. It's I can hear. I, can, I can imagine them saying that. Dude, we're out of time. Oh, really? We did three hours. Just rock hit <sighs> by. Every time. Get to me every time. Dude, like that. Awesome. Un Unbox Therapy on Twitter. Unbox Therapy on YouTube. Lewis, you're the shit. Thank you, my friend. Thanks for having me. Always good to talk to you and sure. sit down and get a new perspective. Unbox Therapy, you fucks. Go follow him. Enjoy your life. And uh, don't rape anybody. <laughs> oh, See you shit. soon. Bye. Later. <laughs>